0: Mm -hmm. All my like ah. Hard times like yeah Bad trips like yeah Nazareth, I'm fed up, homie, you fed up But if God got us then we gon' be alright when i wake up i recognize you're looking
1: at me for the pay cut But i be looking at you from the face down you got chris thomas your boy mark thompson and you know you just got dynamic duo today what's going on this is running back sports show sports for the culture of 98.5 wjyn you know it what's up my brother how you feeling i'm feeling good man how about yourself
0: as i say every tuesday it's another sunny day here in philadelphia
1: absolutely man and it's getting a lot more sunnier
0: yes man yes I, I came out i don't i don't know why like in the crib it was a little it was a little chilly so i threw on some long sleeves soon as i walk outside get into my car instantly start sweating that's how i knew like for sure like all right yeah these warm days are on the way because your boy broke out into a sweat asap i'm like nah i don't know what i was thinking i should have messed around through on the short sleeves
1: yeah man well, oh you, you put the ac on in your car now
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Nah, I got that leather interior, bro. Now nah, I'm not trying to have that sticking to me. You know how oh, that yeah. get? Oh yeah, that's sweaty. Yeah, and then um, they already changed the um, I guess the settings in my apartment complex. So yeah, the yeah. air conditioning is already on. So there's no more heat. So I'm like, look, let it rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got central air on my place. I gotta figure out like how do that, how do that, like central air like really works. Hey man, it's love. So I can get that cool breeze. Oh,
0: it's love, man. Central yeah. air for real, for real. Like when you got central air, you don't really like sweat. It's just when you walk in, it's just instant coolness everywhere. Yeah. But you know when it's
1: off. Yeah.
0: Like, you will know when that central air is off.
1: Honestly, like, during the summer, I don't even like to, like, sleep with a cover. I just, like... Yeah. I just be, like, just chilling on the bed Uh huh. With, with just my shorts on and, like, a short sleeve shirt. I'm just, like... <laughs> Rocked. Yeah. See, I'm the same way year-round. Like, I sleep
0: with a sweatpants and hoodie on. Like, I kind of like being cold. So, like, yeah. in the winter, sweatpants, hoodie, whatever. Summer, same thing, sweatpants, hoodie. It's just because the air conditioning is on blast to the point where I'm walking around with a sweatpants and hoodie in the yeah.
1: yeah, And, uh, yeah, we definitely got a, got a big show ahead of us on um, 515. Jeff Bowers from the Sports Narrative, he's going to call us because the NFL draft is officially over, Yep. and, you know, he's going to give us our thoughts about, you know, some sleepers, who best draft, worst draft, some sleeper people, some undrafted free agents that got signed with teams to you know, for people to look out for. Then at 6 o'clock, we got Kai Carlin from the – Kai Carlin, who covers the Philadelphia 76ers, calling in. Mm-hmm. Talked to us about, man, the season's over next week.
0: I didn't even realize that. 72 like, games. Like, when I when I looked at the schedule, I'm like, wait. Like, we've really only got a handful of games left. They're all going to be quick. Like, the Sixers aren't having many days off, but they're going to be very quick. And I'm I'm excited to see what's about to happen.
1: Yeah. And at 6.30, we have another – uh, guest calling in, Alan Gilstrap. He uh, also covers, um, you know, college college sports, and he already has um, a 22,022 uh, w- uh, players to watch list. Man, that's the one thing about being a part of uh, NFL Draft Twitter this year mm-hmm. is that I don't know how these guys do it, and I'm going to ask Alex more about it is that where did where did these guys start? Like, what schools do you specifically look to? Like, like if you guys are looking at like other other teams like outside of Power Five conferences, like I got a lot of questions to ask. Of course, but we'll, we're gonna save it for six thirty. In the meantime, the draft did happen. Yeah, Philadelphia. Seven, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles they traded up number ten, jumped the New York Giants to get their wide receiver Devontae Smith. Yeah. Um. So all right, let me give you the breakdown. And- I'll so go, I'll go was, no, no, go ahead, man. Listen, because like, when you call me, you're like, why
0: did we trade it up? Bro. So, all right, so Pete, right? So okay. I was I was a little nervous, all right? I, I recognized that, you know, it was coming up, and I think it was like the ninth pick when it hit me. And I'm like, oh, my God, Justin Fields is still on the board. <laughs> I was instantly nervous. I'm like, no, Howie, please don't do this. Please don't do this. So then I'm shaking in my boots. Next thing you know, do-do-do-doom eagles trade with the cowboys cowboys of all people like our arch nemesis we trade with them i'm like oh my god we're really about to freaking get justin fields i'm like no like why like why is this happening like devontae smith is still there like no like just in case like please don't get him and then it, it came through and we grabbed devontae smith it was like i didn't really have excitement it was more like a sigh of relief like, I didn't, like, jump and scream with, you know, with joy. It was just like, oh, like, thank God. So, like, now, like, I guess I, I jump in Howie's head for a little bit. I'm thinking, like, okay, so he must have been wanting Devontae Smith the entire time at 6. And was like, hey, you know what, maybe I can get him at 12. But then it's like, oh, no, the Giants might mess around and take him. Let me hop up there and get the number 10 spot from our arch nemesis. Um, down in jerry world and we came out with Devonte smith so i'm i'm okay with the pick i mean you know i went on record being upset about his 166 frame um 166 pound frame but i mean at the end of the day i mean the dude didn't really get injured much in college played about 54 games no injuries so he knows how to take care of himself so at the end of the day now he's a philadelphia eagles and a uh, eagle and i'm rocking
1: with it yeah um i had a Draft room on Facebook when like I was watching the draft. So like it was me, another friend of mine who's a watching football fan, and uh, you know Langston was also been part of the show as well. So when we was watching the draft, mm-hmm. when I saw them trade up the number ten, I am like, "Oh my god, they're gonna draft Justin Fields." <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, I'm an anarchist when it comes to this point. Like, I don't. I have. So it's like me watching WWE Raw. Oh. It's like it's like if you lower your expectations just enough, no matter what they do. It doesn't disappoint you. That's just the reality of it. Like, I have no faith in Howie Rosen, but in the end, he did the right, in the end he pulled the right move. And I'm just like everybody was wondering was like, why do we have to trade up? I mean, who's to say the Giants would? I'm like the Giants would have taken Devontae the, Smith.
0: They definitely would have took him. Yeah, because
1: yeah, because they're a Kenny Galladay injury away from having the exact same wide receiver core from last year. Pretty much. Yeah. So I'm glad we got him. Um, he. And more importantly, like, it was a theme throughout the entire NFL draft, you know. We're going to, you know, re- revisit these college connections. Jalen Waddle with Tua mm-hmm. Um Joe Burrow with... Uh, Jamar Chase. With Jamar Chase. Um, you yeah. know... Now uh, Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. And Trevor Lawrence with Travis ECN.
0: Yes. So they're bringing a lot of people back. Yeah. So Well reuniting them how yeah, that's how I say it. Said. So
1: overall, I, I enjoyed the pick. We only give up, you know, one of the third rounders that we got from the Colts. So it it was it's kinda of like an offset deal.
0: It's it's I'm cool with it. Like I'm 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 okay with it. Um I, I, I did like the pick. I mean, I feel like it was kind of um it was a makeup for last year. Yeah. It's like how you can't do it again like now. But but on the bright side with having a Devontae Smith we might be able to see a little bit more of Jalen Rager because there was so much pressure on him last year, even though, you know, he didn't do much. He was yeah, injured. Yeah, by a chain
1: of command, did president's out about these fifths. It eased it is, it is, it is, it is the burdens of now Jalen Rager. Yep. It eased the burden of Travis Fulgham. Yep. And, you know, we still got Zach is still on the team. He hasn't for got, now. For, na- for now. He still hasn't got trace trade, so we still got two good tight ends. So Howie has done a really solid job surrounding him with young, developing Um, Weapons for Jalen Hurts to get a legitimate fair shot, and not to mention like we got if he's the starter. If if Jalen Hurts is the starter, who's gonna start over him? Joe Uh, Flacco?
0: They already said it's gonna be a quarterback competition.
1: Listen, Chip Kelly said the same thing when it came to Nick Foles and Michael Vick. We already knew who the quarterback was gonna be week one. Yeah, we know. Yeah. It, it better be, it better be Jalen Hurts. Yeah, because <laughs> it better be Jalen Hurts. I listen. The only way Jalen Hurts is not the starter is he get if he gets hurt.
0: Well, we're not going to speak that into the atmosphere. I'm not, not knock gonna, on wood. Yeah, not going to speak that at all.
1: Yeah, but listen, Jalen Hurts is definitely going to get a fair shake with now the weapons that he have and now with Devontae Smith. But if it doesn't work out, God forbid if it doesn't work out, they have a bunch of draft space and draft capital next year to uh, find an adequate replacement. Who knows? Maybe you could trade all those picks and get Aaron Rodgers, or you could trade a get like a Russell Wilson, or maybe when the Deshaun Watson news dies down, his trade value is extremely low. You could just trade him for practically nothing. Who yeah. knows? But I like Jaylen Hurts. I like the work ethic. I like the fact that as soon as Devontae Smith got to Philly, he was already there right, saying he like, was right there. Yeah, but saying let's get to work. So I like
0: it. I like it. Um, the this is another the, the one
1: thing I don't like about Devontae Smith. He's a Celtics fan.
0: That's uh, okay. It's all right. It's He'll, not for me. He won't. He won't have much of a choice once he's once he's here and he's really
1: true. No, to he kind of already said. It. He says like, yeah, sure, I'll go to games, but convert me. I, I don't know about all that.
0: All right. Well, when we bounce them out the playoffs, he ain't gonna have no choice.
1: That's if we play Boston. Uh
0: yeah.
2: we'll, we'll talk.
0: We'll, we'll talk about we'll the Sixers later. down the line. <laughs> um, but no, I can't wait. You said Jeff's calling it right. Yes. Can't wait for Jeff to call him. One thing that I know we didn't go over everything, but one thing that I was excited to see. From this year's Eagles draft class, mm-hmm. is they actually got guys from known schools, like schools that actually produce pros. Like we got some Alabama, we got some LSU, we got some USC guys. You know, we got guys who like guys from football teams. We've that been ha- produ- we've been had
1: some USC guys. Just oh,
0: I know Nelson Aguilar,
1: Mike Patterson.
0: All right, but <laughs> but still, I mean, you know, we're used to getting the guys from like freaking I don't know North Dakota State. Like just just throwing a name out there, you know, Millersville, you know, just getting guys from just out of nowhere. I
1: don't. Yeah. I I don't think there's ever been a player in NFL history ever got drafted from that school. (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there. How
0: how we would find them. Yeah. How how we would find them? But, yo, how about how about this? How about this? So you see that video that went viral after how it was going around, like fist bumping everybody. And that one, the last scout was looking at him like, what was that, bro? Like, nah I'm I'm not on board with this pick. How, what was your reaction when you saw that?
1: Yeah, when I saw that I'm just like i I'm like, I'm just I'm just mad it went public. Yeah. But when it came to the picks, like um defensive coordinator John Gannon, whenever they make a defensive pick, like he was excited. I'm not sure if it was uh, genuine excitement for like having the having the coaches team. I mean the guy that got in the third round, um let me get on um, Milton Williams, Williams from Louisiana tech. Yeah. Uh, the kick and brush punch 500 pounds. Yeah. So, and honestly, like, and more importantly, it's like the one thing that I will give Howard credit is that he will stay to his convictions for better or for worse. He says, I'm going to build my team through the trenches, whether people's going to like it or not. And right. that's literally been the strength and literally what makes and breaks the Philadelphia Eagles team. Mm-hmm. When they won the Super Bowl. Um, They had one of the most healthy offensive lines outside of Jason Peters. And they had 14 different offensive line combinations in 16 games. And you saw they went 4-11-1. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, what's going on, man? Hey, what's happening, y'all? What's going on,
0: Jeff?
3: Hey, little little post-draft revelry here, so
0: it's good times. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Once again, everybody, this is Jeff Bauer from the Sports Narrative. Man, at this point, man, I think you you, you should probably just get a plane ticket here and just be a weekly – (laughs) <laughs> weekly contributor <laughs> hey man i'm down <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so jeff uh we was just talking about um you know the, the philadelphia eagles draft and um i was getting in depth about you know how roseman pretty much staying convinced uh during his press conference mm-hmm. saying that i like his conviction you know c- being able to continually commit to build through the trenches when i talked to you about it briefly you said you get the eagles a b plus in the draft can you elaborate more on that
3: yeah. You know, I mean, you look at these draft grades and man, they're all over the board and, and, you know, a lot like, it, you know, it's, it's like mock drafts. Like most of them mean nothing. It's, um, you know, cause some guys evaluate just the players you got and some guys evaluate, you know, like whether basically whether or not they like the players. And then there's, you know, then there's the, the way those players fit. And then of course there's also the way you do the drafting, right? So like when you trade away picks, you trade up and down and where you got guys win and all this stuff. So, I try to kind of throw all that into the mix for me and and walk away with how well did they address their needs, what kind of players did they get, and then, you know, and then kind of just the, the overall drafting process. And, and I got to say, you know, I walked away from the Eagles draft with, with a solid, you know, B-plus grade. You know, one of my leaders is Dane Brugler, one of my buddies uh, with the Athletic, and obviously he's their main draft guy, and he gave you guys the, his favorite draft grade, you know, number one. Mm. And while I'm not that high on it, I also feel like, look, you got solid players. I like your guys all the way up and down the draft itself. Uh, I think you've got quality talent of guys that can contribute uh, throughout. And, you know, like I said, I still have question marks at the cornerback spot, just like you guys do. But at the same time, I like what you've got. I like what the players that you got, where you got them, and and uh, I think you I think you picked up some players, and that's that's
2: the goal of the draft, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did like the Millen Williams pick uh, because when you look at it, it's like we're Fletcher Cox injured away from probably having one of the worst defensive lines in football, yeah. so getting depth at that position is good. I like the Lander Dickerson pick as long as he stays healthy, and you know that pick made a lot of sense. Now that you think about the Eagles' offensive line coach is Jeff Allen, who used to be at Alabama, so. That probably yeah. was a house call for him. So, in regards to everybody else in the draft, um, who else um, was had like you know drafts that um, that you liked?
3: You know, like I, I look up and down that 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 Philly draft, and, and as you said, I mean, look, you there, the injury concerns are there. Uh, obviously, you drafted a 160 pound wide receiver and and a guy that's had two knee surgeries and two ankle surgeries. So you know, there's questions, but if those guys are healthy. I really like him, but then, like I said, going down the list, Milton Williams is, is raw as raw can be, but man, he is a monster when he turns it on, and, mm-hmm. and he's going to have a chance to develop and, and be that uh, pass-rushing three technique type of guy. Zeke McPherson out of tech, um, you know he's a, he, you, you think big 12 corner and you're like, oh no, but actually <laughs> he's, he's a Penn State transfer because he transferred when you know they thought COVID, right? 511, mm-hmm. um, he's got great ball skills. You know, he's, he's a former baseball player. So mm. the guy can track the ball in the air. He's He's got that skill. He still needs to refine some of the craft and all these types of things. But, you know, I think that's a guy that, you know, definitely contributes on special teams. He, By the way, he blocked like three kicks in college too. So, uh, you know, he's got those skills. And so all of that. Then, man, day three, I thought you guys absolutely killed it. Uh, I love the Kenneth Gainwell pick. Mm-hmm. He's basically a wide receiver. Uh, and and gives you that extra option, so you know, take Miles Sanders off the field, you don't have to put in a you know a five foot two guy anymore. You can actually put in a guy who can get out in the in the field and catch a pass. So that's <laughs> kind of nice. Marlon Tui Tui Polotu was one of my one of the guys I was pounding the table for because I, I absolutely love this guy. I think as a, as a nose tackle as a guy that's going to be up front, and, and you know if you ended up with Milton Williams and and Tui Polotu up front, man, that's that's a, that's a nice little get right there, it, you know, especially for depth. And then Jacoby Stevens is a poor man's Jabril Cox, basically, uh, as mm-hmm. a hybrid safety linebacker type who can get out there and cover in that cover linebacker role. And then Patrick Johnson, which might have been one of the steals of the draft. I was shocked he lasted the seventh round. I really love this kid out of Tulane. I, I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did, and, and I think he's got a chance to be a real sneaky edge and, and seventh rounder. So, like I said, up and down the board. Love the draft and and I think you guys walked away with it very well. And then, you know, also you got to trade with Dallas, which just kind of sticks it to him and I hope Devontae Smith goes on to be a Hall of Famer just just to stick it to the Cowboys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I um Jeff, Mark here. The um I do I do like the Milton Williams pick a lot. One of the things that um I saw that Stuck out big to me was he's he's had 19 tackles for losses the past two years. Like we've been having so many struggles, especially with our defensive line putting on that true pressure on the quarterback and actually following up and getting sacks. And he's had 10 of those the past two seasons. So I, I like what he brings to the table. My only, the only one I'm a little bit concerned about, I wouldn't say concerned, but like interesting, is um the Kenneth the Kenneth Ganwell pick from Memphis. Like because like I know it's going to be able to take a little bit of pressure off a Miles. Sanders and everything but to me he's just I feel like he's just like another version of Boston Scott like I, I don't think he's going to mix it up too too much so that's my only concern with him because everything that he does Boston Scott pretty much always does it's just unfortunate that Boston Scott is 5-2 yeah
3: I, I, exactly and, and you're right I mean look he, he is that third down back he's He's a wide receiver. I wouldn't even be surprised at times if they did split him out at at the slot receiver and all of that. And you're right. Like, look, Boston Scott's been great, and I think he's maxed out on his ability to what he does. But Gainwell gives you the option to say – because, look, you guys know that when Boston Scott was on the field, it was either going to be a draw run, you know, a draw play run up the middle, or it was going to be a pass. Like, it was obvious. Right, mm-hmm. and if Miles Sanders was in the game, you knew it was a run, or it was going to be play action. So, like that was kind of the way. Like you weren't running the ball with Boston Scott between the tackles up the middle a lot, right? And so that's what I think you're going to see with Gainwell. Is he gives you that flexibility? He gives you that ability to say he's on the field. You don't know what we're doing. It might be third down. It might be first down. It might be, a, a you know, where you start rotating rotating series and you give Miles Sanders a little bit of a, a breather at times, and I think that's going to help keep both those guys fresh. I like the pick, and I especially like the value on the pick. I mean, after those top three running backs, man, the running back board sat dormant for a very long time. And, you know, the my Jets got Michael Carter right there at the top of the fourth, and they were absolutely thrilled to do that. And then for Gainwell to fall all the way into the fifth round, I was I was shocked. Uh, you know that was a guy I had a third fourth round grade on, and and so like I said, it's great value. I think he's going to be a contributor, and and again, dude, if you get a guy in the fifth round who's a contributor, it's all you're asking for. You know, like that at that point, it's it's lottery tickets. So if you hit on one, man, it's great.
0: Yeah, uh, I was going to say one one more question, Jeff. What's your uh, what's your uh, take on uh, Zach McPherson? How you feel about him? Did I say his last name right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So McPherson, like I said, it. it, it The only thing that sucks about the Landon Dickerson pick, because he's a great player and he's going to provide that depth, and I think he immediately plugged in a guard and plays for you. My only concern was, man, I really wish you could have got a cornerback. Now, the corners were getting picked over real fast, Mm -hmm. um, and I just wish you'd gotten that kind of starter guy. You know, that's what we debated at the very top of, you know, do you go Devontae, do you go Patrick Sertain? all of this type of stuff. And I know you guys were high on the cornerback.
1: Yeah, Denver took it out of my hands.
3: He's not quite ready to play. Like, he's not going to plug in and be a starter from day one unless he just develops greatly from what he was in college. Um, But, you know, like I said, with the ball skills, uh, the the ability to track the ball in the air, he still needs to work on his route recognition and and a little bit of the, the footwork. But man, overall, I think this is a guy who can definitely contribute. He can play. He's going to play on special teams from you from the jump. But you know, I think you're definitely a team that if if you guys went and signed a uh, a cornerback in free agency, I would not be surprised because I, I feel like that's the one thing that still has a hole in the roster.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, um, one of my favorite picks. Um, like as soon as I saw it happen, and you know the Chicago Bears trading up to get Justin Fields, as soon as I saw that, I'm like. Finally, Chicago got it right with a quarterback. And as soon as I get my affairs in order, I'm buying myself a Justin Bear Chicago Bears jersey. So with that pick and, you know, we were also, you know, trying to figure out if they were going to go Mac Jones or Trey Lance with the number three pick. Um, Like this season in particular, who do you like better, you know, who will have like a much stronger rookie year? Uh, Justin Fields in Chicago or Trey Lance in San Fran?
3: I don't think – it, you know, look, I, I, you know, I came on these airs, I told you, it's going to be Trey Lance, it's going to be Trey Lance, it's going to be Trey Lance, and it turns out it was. Um, by the way, won myself some money on that too, so cool. Uh, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's a, um, I don't think Trey Lance sees the field this year. I think they're going to roll with Garoppolo, I think they're going to give him the full Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, sit at home. Sit around and watch for your treatment, and, and and I think and I think he needs that. I think that would be best for him. Now, as far as Justin Fields go, I think Fields is a guy who will see the field at some point, and and I think Fields is a guy that uh, you know Dalton's going to be your starter, and I think Fields is going to come on at some point. And and dude, I love that pick. I love the Bears being aggressive. I love the fact that Fields got within range for them because they could not. There's no draft capital in the world that's going to get you from 20 to 4. But when it starts getting into 10, 11, that's mm-hmm. the place to go. And and they didn't pay overly, you know, over much. But I thought, you know, look, you get a chance to get a, a franchise quarterback. And, dude, if Fields pans out, he's the best quarterback that Chicago Bears have had. Period. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, like, In a very long that's, time. That's It's not a high bar, but, I mean, look, it's going to be great. So, like, I think that you've got a great chance there. And and when you have that opportunity and you make that play in the draft, uh, you know, you've got to make that move. And and I thought Ryan Pace had an absolutely fantastic draft. And, look, then he goes against Tevin Jenkins in the second round to protect Mm -hmm. him. The Bears had a great draft.
1: Yeah, definitely one of my favorite drafts. So, um, every year there's there's always a debate about, like, what is the worst first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So –
3: i have having a little trouble hearing you there. Oh, so,
1: no. Every year there's always – my butt. Sorry about that. Every year there's always a debate about which team had the worst first-round pick. So, for you, who had the worst first-round pick?
3: So, I look at the, the teams that did the worst. Uh, I, I look well, – we'll just stay in the NFC North because I thought the Packers had a really rough time. Obviously, all the Aaron Rodgers crap that was spinning around, and then you go and take the fifth-best cornerback in the draft uh, in the first round. Like, ugh. You just couldn't have done it worse, you know. They they got some weapons later, and I mean they kind of salvaged the thing. But I thought the Packers had a hell of a time. I thought the Rams had a really bad draft. You know, your first pick, you you don't have a first round pick, and then the first pick you have is a five foot seven wide receiver. Granted, he's he, you know he's got some juice, but with the line that they have, with the losses that they had on defense and all of this, I was like, man, that just oh just feels like a waste. I thought the Rams had a rough day, uh, and then honestly. I thought the Cowboys had a bad day. I had two teams that had nightmare scenarios that could have played out for them, and both of them did. The first was the Miami Dolphins. When the Dolphins traded up from 12 to 6 with the Eagles, they were convinced, and I know this because I talked to some Dolphins guys, they were convinced that either Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase would be there. That's why they traded up with it. That's why they paid the freight that they did, and they way overpaid. The Eagles really made out in that deal. And that's why they made that trade, because they're like, look, we're convinced that the Bengals are going to take Panay Sewell and we're going to be fine. And then it didn't happen. Now, look, Jalen Waddell could be great. Jalen Waddle could be Tyreek Hill, and it might work out great for you. But they, there was no way that they thought going in that that was what they were going to end up with. And mm-hmm. so that's the first part. The second one was the Cowboys. When J.C. Horn goes eight to <laughs> Carolina – and they sat there and they said, okay, well, the Broncos won't take, won't take certain. I mean, they just got Kyle Fuller. They signed Ronald Darby. They're going to be fine. And then it happened. And now you're sitting there absolutely stuck. So stuck, in fact, that you end up trading with a division rival, which is insane. So, And then you take a guy that basically is replacing a guy that you already had on a first-round contract in, in Leighton Van Esch, which they didn't pick up the option today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yesterday. So – I mean, worst-case scenario for the Cowboys. And then they follow it up by taking another character guy in Kelvin Joseph, a guy that basically quit on his team at Kentucky. You know, the, that mm. uh, Mike Stoops, their defensive coordinator, basically said, look, if you ain't interested in playing, why don't you opt out? And he did. So that's a problem. And then, you know, he's, he'd rather be a rapper than a, than a football player, it seems. <laughs> and then you draft a guy in the fourth round – that's got, like, 12 domestic violence charges against him. Like, come on, Cowboys. That's right up the Cowboys alley, though. They're going full Cowboys of the 90s. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that's going to work out for you very well in 2021.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people – I mean, they also got Jabril Cox also, um, which is also kind of –
3: Oh, I have trouble hearing you again.
1: uh, They also drafted another linebacker, Jabril Cox, which a lot of people felt like that was a much better pick than their first-round pick.
3: Yeah, the, the Jabril Cox pick was great. Uh, I mean, look, the Cowboys, it's, it's very funny because when you grade a draft, um, I thought the Cowboys had one of the first – like their first two days were some of the worst picks. That, you know, I gave them like C grades. And then on day three, the I think what honestly happened here in Dallas is that the, the defensive coordinator was picking the first two days, and then they flipped the script, and on day – Three, they let the GM get back in charge, and he picked some good players. Now, there obviously was the domestic assault guy, but they went and picked good players. Jabril Cox, I thought they had a really good back end of the draft. So it kind of salvaged things, and I think they might get some players out of it. I was shocked Jabril Cox fell. Apparently there's some injury concerns that caused him to slide that far. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's a guy that can come in and and play that cover linebacker. And, and again, basically, Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith – you guys played bad enough that we've now replaced you. Yeah.
0: Yo, Jeff, Mark here again. So, yeah. all right, so we know which teams, you know, we thought that, you know, that you thought just absolutely bombed it. Um, in the first round, who did you think was like an absolute surprise, like a stud, like, okay, congrats for you guys for taking that guy. Who, who was it?
3: Oh, so as far as first-round picks and, and generally overall draft, I thought the Browns did incredibly well. Uh, that home cooking for the Browns. Uh, they take Greg Newsom in the first round. A guy that honestly, if the Jets had stayed at twenty-three, I would have been very happy with them taking him there. Mm-hmm. He does have again the durability concerns. Is a guy got dinged up at Northwestern. But man, you want to talk about you put him and Denzel Ward in that secondary? Mm. Man, that looks good. And and you know the Browns I thought just had great picks all the way through. Uh, I, I thought the Browns had my my number one draft overall. Uh, I liked I liked what Carolina did. You know, they had limited resources. They didn't have as many picks as others, but they traded down like four or five times in the draft, and they kept getting good players with every pick. You know, I love the J.C. Horn pick in the first, mm-hmm. and, and I thought that Carolina did fantastic for a team with those limited resources and did well. Baltimore always does well. I mean, it's Baltimore. It's just what you expect. Uh, and, and then, I, you know, and I think the pick that I was – most surprised and shocked by was the fact that, that um, the Steelers, they sat there, they were patient, they did the right thing, and they waited for Najee Harris to fall in their lap. You know, I thought Najee easily could have gone to the Cardinals, easily could have gone to the Dolphins, but they sat there and, and they were patient, and he fell right in their lap, and he's the perfect, absolute perfect fit for them. It was great.
1: Yeah. And uh, so, Jeff, now that the uh, that draft's over, um, so what do you uh, plan on doing for the rest of the year now?
3: well I got a little time which is great you know it's it's the uh uh right now I'm out here in the dog park with the dog and and enjoying some sunshine and you know like I said you got a little this is a little bit of break time and then it's time to uh to get back into it and and you know there's still some free agents out there and and the schedule drops on on the 12th which I'm excited about and, Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah let's let's see what we got on the schedule let's get things rolling man it's like 120 days until the season and i'm already counting them
0: down come on jeff don't forget about the nba playoffs like that come on
3: i mean look if i can get luca to quit, quit, uh, quit getting technicals i'll be you know i'll be okay but man <laughs> <laughs> the kid
2: keeps
1: getting the techs, <laughs> that's uh. man i'm glad you're in the dog park you know enjoying you know uh you know enjoying the summer in texas uh right now i'm just doing a bunch of uh fantasy football mock drafts. now the dress <laughs> stop
3: Hey, man, I'm down. Like I said, you guys need anything from me? Just give me a buzz, let me know. Happy to pop on. I do some fantasy football stuff. You know, we got those drafts coming. And, uh, yeah, man, like I said, it's always football season.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely, 24-7. Anyway, Jeff, thanks for calling, man. Appreciate you, Jeff.
3: Absolutely.
1: Once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJYM, running back sports show. Chris and Mark here. You Mm -hmm. want to call in, get that call number? Of course, that number is 215 763 9596 to join
0: the conversation Talking Eagles draft results We'll be talking Sixers down the line We got Kai Carlin calling in from USA Today Sixers Wire Talk Sixers
1: So we got a big show in the store for that Absolutely mm-hmm. Listen man listen. Oh no As soon as 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 soon as that draft was done I'm like Man it's Monday What am I going to do <sighs> fantasy. fantasy football Crazy
0: I already seen you putting out like fantasy mock draft Yeah like, listen. Bro
1: relax What do you mean Like
0: you, you don't know
1: Somebody might get cut Dog, Like relax Listen there's a science to this. All right, I'm all just saying. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, listen, I'm just trying to make sure that every single mile draft I do, I consider all of my options. You know what? Because because
0: you're so highly invested in this, when you send me the invite this year, I'm actually gonna take it serious.
1: Oh, oh, you're not gonna draft all the Eagles this year?
0: No, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna take it serious because oh, okay. that that hurt me tremendously when I drafted all Eagles. Yeah, I was just doing it because I wanted to be more involved. You know, because I I do the other sports betting. So fantasy football, I feel like with now that you can actually make money sports betting here in Pennsylvania, like, all right, I feel like fantasy football is kind of, you know, going a little bit to the side a little bit.
1: So. Uh, just, yeah, just for the record, I'm, I made the playoffs as the last wild card team. I made it all the way to the championship, and I lost in the last round. So, so I'm going to be on a revenge tour this year. All right. All right. Was it Thanos's revenge t- tour part two? Yeah. All right. Part oh, listen, two. listen, listen. Thanos revenge is, is done. Uh I got to figure out a new name. All right. You this, got this, to this, because this, we, we th- all know what happened to Thanos at the end. Listen, listen. In, 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 yeah, I got my revenge. Thanos revenge was mostly just me getting revenge back on like getting some wins back for my homies. All right. So now that that's done, got to figure something else out. All right. So all right. So <laughs>
0: question here.
1: All right, I know you're a big Aaron
0: Rodgers guy. Okay, talk sure. about it, man. Where where is he going? What's the word? I know Green Bay is trying to do everything that they can to try to keep him now, but it looks like this re- relationship can't be repaired.
1: Honestly, I've also been hearing that Aaron Rodgers would probably on the spot retire Ooh. until he, until like they actually like trade him or let him go. Wow. But listen, in the end, it's like you've retire, gone retire though. Yeah, listen, in the end, you've gone an entire decade without picking a skill position player in the first round. And the only offensive player you're taking in the first round was the guy that you're eventually going to replace, Aaron Rodgers. My thing is, is this. If you're Green Bay, you can't feel some type of way that Aaron Rodgers wants out. You already you already got your way out when you drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Yes. You're, the only reason why you're feeling some type of way now is because Aaron Rodgers wants to beat you to the punch before you can do that. So, I mean, it's the same way like with Brett Favre. Like, Brett Favre uh, wanted to continue to be in Green Bay. They were like, no, we got Aaron Rodgers. We need to see what we have in Aaron Rodgers. And rightfully so. Like, in the end, Green Bay got another Super Bowl out of it. Brett Favre, he had a good year in Minnesota, but then eventually he phased out, like, two years later. Yeah. My thing is, and everybody's calling him, like, a coward and all that. Well, I want the general manager fired I'm Like, I don't really believe that whole like general manager nonsense unless it comes from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Uh, so until then, a the speculation. And then I saw Terry Bradshaw talking about like it's weak. About like I'm just like listen, I don't care about uh, the opinions of players who came from the '70s because the era that you played in and the era now is completely different. Yeah. Players have a lot more power now. Uh, it's a the quarterback is way more oriented. And honestly, though, listen, as much as I don't like the opinion of Max Kellerman most times like he actually brought up a great point when it comes to you know that Tom Brady wanted some things changed in New England Bill Belichick did Bill Belichick disagreed with him so you know what Tom did he left he left Tampa Bay Tampa gave him everything he wanted yeah and then it was all in the Super Bowl I want to bring all 22 starters back including myself I will take a pay cut to make that happen and it happened yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Fix the offensive line. We got Orlando Brown. We played Joe Tunney. The entire draft was literally getting offensive linemen. So when I so they legitimately have a eight guys now, including rookies, that can all start. Yeah. So they might actually do like a eight like like starting like they're they're five and they have three bench guys that could start on other teams. So yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, so Lamar Jackson, give me some weapons. If you're gonna sign me long term, give me some weapons. Yeah. We got <laughs> fine fine but listen to you Rashard Bateman fell into the first round uh fell we fell into her lap in the first round we got Rashard Bateman you also drafted another receiver as well so we're going to make this work with you yeah. in the end you need to do whatever you can to accommodate for the franchise quarterback when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers you need to do everything you needs you his input matters like a guy like Patrick Mahomes, his input matters because you don't want to squander a once in a generational talent at the quarterback position. Yeah. Like, look at Matt Sta- look at Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford now went from Detroit now to LA. But like Detroit wasted his years. Sure you gave him Calvin Johnson, but the offensive line wasn't that good. The defense wasn't that good. They didn't have a consistent 100-yard rusher up until last year until they got Deontay Swift. Yep. And Matthew Stafford literally had to play with multiple injuries just to keep them afloat. And that afloat was barely not even enough for that Detroit Lions team. Yeah. So my thing is is that if you have a franchise quarterback and he's proven his merit, and Aaron Rodgers has, he has three MVPs, he has a Super Bowl MVP. He's been a consistent um Elite talent for for nearly well over a decade. Pretty much since he's been a starter. Yeah. So in the end, you have to listen to him. Yeah. That's all that matters. All right. Next caller. Ninety eight point five WJYM Running Back Sports Show. Hit my theme music, boy. Um, it's already playing.
4: (laughs) What's up, crew?
1: What up? What up? What
4: up? Hmm. Interesting draft for the Eagles,
0: don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was uh, I don't I don't know where people are getting this B plus from, but I mean we got a lot of depth in the defensive line. Um, the center the center that we picked up what was his name uh, Landon, uh, Dickerson. Land, Landon Dickerson.
1: Landon yeah, Dickerson. Yeah. If he
0: didn't have a million injuries, he'd be perfect. But those injuries are definitely red flags. I don't care if he's an offensive line. What do you mean? He fits right perfectly yeah, with his offensive left- line. You guys are exactly that's what I'm saying like we we already saw this we've been down this road already with sidney Jones and then here here we go again. the only difference is I feel like with the injuries that Landon Dickerson has is like his position's different. Like, he plays offensive line. Like, so it's going to be rare when he's running into full sprints and keeping up with guys who's running 4-4. So I think this pick might pan out a little bit more better than Sidney Jones ever has, did.
4: To, to a both ACL, get your both ankles. You yeah. look better in me, and I have, no, I have no, like, kneecap in my left knee. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. As far as, far as the Devontae this pick, they slam don't death. You know, they got to forget. Okay, and we ain't gonna forget how uh, <laughs> how he how, uh, how he became a meme with that fake pound that with that, that he got from his uh from his football guy, which I think is hilarious.
0: Oh, that was tough. That was tough to watch because it was like that athletic article just happening right in our eyes on national television. Like that was that was very difficult to watch.
4: Well look, you hire football people to make football decisions, if you disregard them what you expect is gonna happen? Okay, and, you know, the kid, the kid that got in the third round, he might pan out, but the bottom line is, he needs secondary something. Okay, a 5 thing 8 six, sitting right there in the second round. At 70, when at, at 70, well, we could have gotten a trick, we, we traded away, you know, and he was the very next day. So, I mean, in our second Did I miss something?
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mr. Norris, you were breaking up a little bit. Well, that's, that's, I don't know. I feel like we might have to sign somebody. I mean, we already got those guys from the Vikings at the line. Who was the guy we got the safety?
1: um, Anthony Harris. He's a safety.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we got him. I mean, I I don't really know what else, you know, we're going to do with the secondary. That's why I understand why people are very frustrated that we went with a a broken down center with the second pick when there were cornerbacks right there on the board that we need. And we so desperately need secondary help. Um,
4: how, look, this is how look, all I gotta say is this is how it's to not be out of the draft. If five people look, this draft he should have got at least five at least four to five stars. Okay, if those picks don't, don't shake out, okay, It's how he's gonna I don't care how much Jeffrey Dory love from him should have second son, adopted him, whatever, okay. People are always talking about how he's fit, okay. And the five sound a little bit a little bit hotter, okay, with another like 10 now sticking around picking.
0: However, quickly, God, this works out. So, like I said, my thing. yeah it's just um I don't know on the, on the bright side though like I get how he his he's been we've basically been trying to run him out of town for the longest but if you look at it on the bright side for a second if you think about the weapons that we're about to have like we got Jalen hurts Devontae Smith Travis Fulgham. as of right now uh Zach Ertz is still now, on our team uh, I don't know. I mean, we it, it could be something to look forward to a little bit with the weapons that we have. I mean, it's as of right it's now, Ertz is still it's here, it's Dallas Goddard.
1: In the end, I think the wide receivers are going to be fine. Um, the wide receivers last year, to me, The issue wasn't talent, in my opinion. It was more scheme-based. Like, Doug Peterson cannot get these guys open. So, you bring in a guy like Nick Sirianni, whose primary job that's red-lighted on his resume is like, listen, I can scheme guys open. So, we saw what happens with Jalen Rager when he gets rub routes and you get him in open space. When Travis Fulgham was a starter for about the month of October before – unreasonably why he got replaced by Alshon Jeffrey. He showed that he can play. And it wasn't just some run-of-the-mill teams. These, he were balling against the number one and the number two defense in Pittsburgh and Baltimore at the time. So Travis Fulgham can play. Uh, Devontae Smith, like, that's three good wide receivers, not to mention Quez Watkins has shown, you know, spurts of his speed. John Hightower has definitely shown ability to take the top off of defense. He's still got two like, – Jalen Hurts has enough uh, weapons on this offense – it, to be honest, in the end, it all comes down to you know scheming and play calling and execution. So I like what this offense is; has a lot of potential. I know potential is a dangerous word, and everybody in Philadelphia is tired of that word potential, particularly oh, because of that team, team in over we'll at uh, uh, Wells Fargo. is a We'll see what
4: happens. So, because what do you think, what, how do you think the Sixers are playing now that Ben Simmons is back? I mean. I feel that he's not a Ben Simmons fan because when a team is having to get near played all of a sudden
0: he's going to tell me. And now they're playing teams that are still 500 missing their stars and it was gone. So it all of a sudden he's missing all you want. I look at it like this. Um, we don't, I, it's, it's just difficult, man. Like Ben Simmons, I, I, we know how fantastic his defense is. We know, we know, we know. But 14.5 points per game is not going to help us win an NBA championship. Like we're, we need so much more, we need more than that. He he. I don't know where it's gonna come from. I don't know what's gonna magically happen in the playoffs. But I still, I'm still a little nervous.
1: Hey, hey, man. Hey, Ben had a game winner this
0: week. Ooh. <laughs> and before that, he had three points and would have got killed if we lost to that team in overtime with no Demar Derozan, no
1: nobody. <laughs> listen, listen. I I never listen. I thought I would die. Like before, I would ever see Ben Simmons hit a game-winning shot, regardless if it was a tip-in or not. It wasn't a game-winning shot. Don't ever call it that. Yeah, well, it, was. it was a it game-winning was basket.
0: Game-winning right. basket. Okay, because right. okay. you
1: know, because we know it wasn't a shot. Game. All right, all right. Listen, listen. It's a field goal attempt. So there you go. A Game-winning two so goal attempt. Remember the last two games, they almost choked away. So that, when I first told them the Bulls game, they were hit by like 20 points.
4: And I see they one by two. And I said, oh, Ben Simmons, the game-winning shot. Yada yada yada. Oh, please. Those
2: thimbles still always has all with of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's uh I, I just it's still so frustrating to watch with that with that build, man. You six ten two forty, like even if he I don't care how ugly it is, just shoot it. Just be more aggressive. Just shoot it. It's going to make teams respect it more at the end of the day. I get it. Okay, he drives and he gets doubled and he kicks it out for a three. Yeah, that's cute, but you'll give Embiid so much more space. If you actually just pop up for the 15-footer, this is nothing like we're talking a 15-foot jump shot. I've said this again, time and time again. The first thing that most people do when they step on the basketball court
1: is what? Shoot. And this man won't. He gets paid to do it and and refuses to. Well, my issue is is that if if the shot was broken like Tony Roden, I'm like, yeah, listen, you don't need to
0: shoot. So what? Tony Roden shot it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, and <laughs> you
4: know
1: what is not shooting like saying he you got about
4: shooting it me Hulk Hogan. A
0: like we all know the form is broken. Just let it up. Just let it go, bro. Just let it go. Shoot. <laughs> like just shoot like and and, then, and and this is another thing that cr- that is just so wild to me as i mentioned before it's like okay you don't have a post game and you you got Dwight Howard, Elton Brand and Joel Embiid in the building you don't have a post game shoot freaking Seth Curry his brother is brothers with the greatest shooter of all time you can't get no tips from him like what's going on <laughs> I don't get it. It's got to be a pride thing. There's too much help in the building for him to be yeah, this caliber player. Yeah,
4: pride comes before fall and everything. And a lot of pride people aren't playing in the NBA anymore. It's important to trust you. we $4 million in the next my family.
0: Yeah, it's got to be. Prince Ben, that's why they call him the Fresh Prince. Just lay out the red carpet for him. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm.
4: On that note, you guys, take it easy. As always, great talking to you you
0: both. You the great work. Appreciate you, as Thank. always. Thank you. All right?
4: Uh-huh.
0: All right. Hey, take it quick. Before we go to your fantasy
4: football, how about you get a
0: driver like this? Just say you got You got to cut him off, Chris. You can't be letting him do All that. Right, well, can't uh, let him do that uh, to oh, you. Snap. um the We, 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 we can't hear you. We can't hear
1: you. Take it easy. <laughs> oh man, dang, that was that was a bad reception. Yo, yeah.
0: he jab you he always sneaks in one right before you hang yeah, up. I, I think you, you gotta just let him go. Yeah. You gotta you gotta hit him with the button before he does it. But then again, you know he'll call right back and still get it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know we're gonna I know we're definitely gonna talk or, about or the I Sixers.
1: Just, or I could just double tap. <laughs> you could do that too. I just do that. <laughs>
0: yep, exactly. <laughs> I know we're gonna um get ready to talk about the Sixers, of course, but yeah. you know, um to join the conversation, 215-763-9596.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're talking NBA. Season's almost over. Um, NFL draft. Anybody want to share their thoughts? Yeah. You know, Eagles, you know, do you like your picks? Do you hate your picks? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, when we're open book, um, we're here till seven. We are.
0: Yo, so what how do you grade the, the Eagles right now? Um,
1: what, draft? Yeah. Draft yeah, I wise. give it a, I, I give it a solid B. Solid B? Okay. Yeah. In the end, much as I hate to admit it, how he's right. What but, did you say? Well, in terms of building in the trenches, that, that that's how you win championships. Okay. I just wanted to
0: make sure I was hearing you correctly. You, you mean, saying Howie right in the same sentence just kind of threw me off terms, a bit. In so. terms of
1: structure, building your team, and we talked about it before Jeff called in, because our line was relatively healthy outside of Jason Peters. And we did a good job of coaching up Hapalooi Vaitai when he was here to anchor that left side, you know, for that Super Bowl run. So it didn't matter if Carson Wentz was still back there or, you know, when Lick Foles came in for relief, that offensive line was still going to stay intact. Mm -hmm. So... But, obviously, we saw it last year, you know, Brandon Brooks, you know, getting hurt before the season. Lane Johnson in and out of the lineup. Jason Kelsey. Andre only beat, Dillard. Yeah, Andre Dillard getting hurt before the season. Isaac Ciamala missed a tie. Jason Peters missed a tie. Fourteen different line combinations for both Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Right. That's not a formula to win football games. And I that's agree. a reason why we're 4-11-1. Yeah. You, we, like. There's In the past, we've seen when this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is healthy, you, you can count three pro bowlers. Who are possibly all throws? Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and Lane Johnson. Yep, that entire right side is all pros. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I like the move. If Landon Dickerson is fully healthy, and I, once again, just Outland, he was at Alabama. He has, he knows Landon Dickerson. He's play, and he plays all five positions on the on the field. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. So maybe, and more important, I'm not worried about this guy. I mean, the guy was doing cartwheels during the national championship game. I'm sure he's going to be healthy by the time. You know, like training camp starts. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I'm um, for me, it's it's like it's average.
0: It's it's average for me. Like I understand, like I get okay. it wasn't a flashy draft. So. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Like I'll give him a C, C plus. All right, C plus is the most I'm doing. Like as your as uh, Mr. Norris said, you know Devontae Smith slam dunk. I'm very okay with that. I'm very okay with that. The uh, Landon Dickerson pick. Hey. We could have we definitely could have helped out our secondary a little bit more. Uh, no, I will agree to that.
1: Yeah. Because in my opinion, we could have got Asante Samuel, then in the third round we could have still got like a center like a like a Josh Myers from Ohio State. Right.
0: Or, we we had opportunities. Yeah. We had opportunities. But it's just like it's it's just these picks. It's these type of picks where it's like, come on, Howie. Like, we were, we were giving you a little bit of love with the Devontae Smith pick. Then you turn it around, pull our hearts out, and you do one of these. You know, but for the most part, it was average. Like I said, I like how we improve the depth on the defensive line because that's something that we need. But, it's like, still we've spent so much money and emphasis on the defensive line for so many years for it not even to produce the way that it should produce at this point. And to be honest, all I really pray for for the Eagles right now at this point is just health. Yeah, Health. I think health makes such a big difference, especially, like, offensive line. Like, if we get a healthy Andre Diller back, we get a healthy Brandon Brooks back. Hey, shoot, Landon Diggerson. Like he you could groom him to be the next Jason Kelsey. That's that's the plan. Yeah, like it, that's all we need is health across the board. You know, shoot, maybe maybe Nick Seriani can unlock JJ Arthega Whiteside. Like who knows? Like, you know, he can be that come that possession wide receiver that we need, you know, and freaking Jalen Rager can be that burner out the slot that we drafted him to possibly be. You know, we we honestly we don't know. I think the Eagles do have the things in place, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles pulled off something this year where they could kind of like not run off and do anything crazy, but like mess around and maybe win like 8 games. Like I really wouldn't be shocked because there's a lot of unknown with this team. And we know for sure if the Eagles can be somewhat healthy. We've already got a small dose of Jason Peters. I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts. Imagine if Nick Sirianni uses Miles Sanders more than what Doug did. We know what Miles Sanders does when he gets the ball, and, and I mean, yeah, he fumbles, but he is very productive when he gets the ball. Listen,
1: in the end, it's just it, unknown. In the end, it's still the NFC East. Right. So. If Jalen Hurts is able to perform to the ability of what is accommodated around him, they can still win this division. It's mm-hmm. it's very plausible they they can still win this division. I'm not st- I'm not so I'm not as much as people talk about me. I'm not really sold on Jalen Hurts. I, I could say the exact same thing about I'm not sold on Daniel Jones at all. Right. Daniel Jones at all was Daniel Jones last year was was pretty was really bad. Mm-hmm. You know the Giants. I mean, they've improved their linebacker core, and they're getting uh, Dak Prescott back. So by addition on adding Dak Prescott back, you're you're gonna add a few more wins. But in the end, that defense is still nothing I fear. Yeah. And and you still got Washington. Washington has probably the best overall team, but in the end, their quarterback is still the inconsistent Ryan Fitzpatrick. So mm-hmm. if Jalen Hurts is able to ball out, they can win this division and have a home playoff game. It's not. It's not unrealistic to think that way. Yeah,
0: and I'm just gonna be honest. Like I, th- I feel like, I, you know how we always start the season up. Eagles ten and six. That's that me. Before I even look at the schedule, I'm not doing that this year. I have zero, like zero expectations for this team. Will I watch games? Of course, I'm gonna watch games Sunday. Have some brewskis. You know what time it is. But
1: yeah, I know um, I yeah, watch my fantasies. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like, but I have zero zero expectations for this Philadelphia f- football team coming up this season. Uh, everything will just play out in front of my eyes. So we we'll see. Yeah,
1: that's perf-
0: wh- that's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, perfectly said. That, that way, you know, just like kind of how you mentioned Watching three hours of Raw I don't know how you do that, by the way I'd be wanting to peel my eyes out Because it's just a
5: terrible product
1: Oh, well, uh, thankfully, you know Either a Sixer game or Phillies game on So Thank like, God I'm like, oh, okay um, Herberto Carrillo's getting the screen time yet? Yeah, no
0: Right mean, Meanwhile, I, I, I know we jumped into WWE real quick But meanwhile, they got freaking Ricochet and Ali Fighting on main event Like, what? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? And you got Humberto and who else be on Sheamus. there? Well,
1: she- oh, Sheamus is cool. I
0: like Sheamus. No, but it's like,
1: I'm not interested in a pro. I mean, at- Humberto Carrillo is a great athlete, but... I'm not interested in the programming him and Sheamus. I'm, I'm, good. Because I'm good It yeah, it, Yeah, it does nothing. It doesn't help Sheamus. It doesn't help Carrillo. Because yeah. we all know that at the end of the feud, Carrillo's not going to n- amount to anything after this feud. Right. Exactly. So there's no point. There's no benefit from it. Nope. But they could be putting. Yeah, up, but we could be getting their ratings up. Yeah. And but having it, Ali and Ricochet tear down the place. Yeah, you know, here's an idea. Have the. Here's an idea of those promos that they're doing, promoting on Raw. You know, have them do like a best of seven series. Right. But better yet, you know what else is happening on main event? Jinder Mahal is back. I and didn't he's know got that. A, and he got a new group, and he just attacked Jeff Hardy on main event. Really? Yeah. Wait, so you actually watch it? I, I get updates. I was going to say, it sounds better than Raw. <laughs> like, I is. don't understand why they, the, why they can't do that the first hour of Raw. Honestly, the only thing that I really enjoy with Raw right now is. Um, that uh, the Matt Riddle Randy Orton tag team. RK bro yeah
0: I'm with you I'm with you on that that's the only thing I'm I'm enjoying right because now, that's so. like,
1: because you know that's Randy's idea right gotta
0: be yeah I see him I feel like he's putting over a young talent ever since watching that um that Stone that's the Broken Skull session yeah. with Stone Cold Steve Austin it sounds like he wants to pay the industry back so just doing the RK bro thing with him and then I even see him on Twitter you know retweeting the whole Ali and Ricochet rivalry on main event. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. But sorry, didn't mean to, didn't mean to go off topic a bit. You know how that goes sometimes. Yeah. You know how it goes. I mean, when
1: do we ever stay on topic?
0: Uh, uh very, rare, very rarely, yeah. very rarely these days. Oh, so, gotta. Yeah, gotta,
1: then uh, it's, it's a little different because uh, we don't got Karma as a buffer.
0: I know it's yeah. We don't have Karma's corner today. Yeah. That's all right. It's all good. It's all good. She'll be, she'll be back when she comes back she's on vacation yeah. when are you taking your vacation
1: that's a good question
0: yeah <laughs> i feel like everybody i mean I, I did my two vacations you know but it was quick though i didn't i didn't miss any shows but
1: um i don't know i've i don't like to travel alone but in at this point i'm like you know what? if i got to travel alone just to you know, enjoy you know the sanctity of being not in philadelphia and then so yeah there's nothing wrong with it it's like there is there's nothing wrong with it i just
0: it's, uh, I'd say it's a character builder. You know what I'm saying? If it yeah. makes any sense. So yeah. well, you know Try alone. I mean, it's, cool. I do a lot of things alone. Like, I go to dinner alone,
1: I go to the movies alone. Oh, I yeah, dude. I, I do, I do, uh, I do, I definitely go to dinner alone. Sometimes. Oh,
0: yeah. Same. Oh, especially, oh. especially like, so one of my favorite things to do, this is about to be free promo for them, but I go to City Works and, uh, King of Prussia. Like, I'll go get, um, their uh, grilled wings, I love them. Smoked wings, I love them. Smoked wings, I'll go there, get a couple of brewskis. That's the only time I drink beer. I don't really drink beer like that. Like, I just grab a couple brewskis and I just be smacking the smoked wings yeah. with the cheese curds, like, and I do that, like, and I be chilling. And then you know, before the pandemic, I was definitely one to go to the movies by myself. One because like. I don't like nobody asking me questions while I'm watching the movie. Like, pay attention. You watching the same thing I'm watching. Yeah. Don't be talking to me in the middle of the movie. Just watch that drama.
1: Yeah. Speaking so, you know, of, I went to the movies uh, about last week. I, I saw the new Demon Slayer movie. Oh, uh, how how was it? It's probably one of the most beautiful visual um, visual animes that you'll probably ever see in your entire life.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. It's what, it's what? It was visually stunning. Uh, I I cried at least a good, like two times of it because of the story. Like cried, cried. Yeah, because uh, okay. it's. Cause right now it's only one season, and then you got the movie. Yeah. So it's like, I've, I had to go and like watch my sister because me and my sister both watch anime. Mm-hmm. So like we both like got off. You like I can't believe that happened. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah.
0: When we when we're off air, you got to give me some good anime to watch. I only know like I've only th- seen like three anime shows in my life. It's definitely Dragon Ball Z and Yu Gi Oh. I don't think okay. I've seen any other one since. All right, I got you. I feel like a lot of them are like essentially like the same concept. I tried getting into Naruto, but I, I just couldn't. I don't have the attention. It's, it's fine.
1: Not every, and every, listen, shows like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, they're not for everyone. Yeah. You got to find something that works for you. All
0: right. All right. Well, I
1: appreciate and, that. And I will do my best to try to help some for you. <laughs> I definitely appreciate yeah. that. And, uh, yeah, our off topic question is, is that I pulled up tiermaker.com. So, about like, would you pull up tiermaker.com? It's pretty much a website where it's like you can make tier lists. Oh, all right. So, um, at the end of the show, What's around that? like when we got like five ten minutes left, we're gonna be ranking uh, Power Ranger series because both of us watch Power Rangers. All
0: right, I'm with it. You know, I'm always with it. Yeah. Dang, yeah, I'm always with it. Yeah,
1: and the tiers are more phenomenal, great, mid tier, kind of bad, and super mega terrible.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, you might, you might. I think you might catch me a little bit more because I'm a, I got you by a couple years. So at one point, I started going outside, and you was probably still watching, yeah. just because of the age difference. So I throw that out there, but yeah,
1: I'm still upset that Netflix took off uh, took off all the Power Rangers. They didn't take them off. You just got to go to Under Kids.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, Wait, still- hold on,
0: seriously? Yes, I, I yes, I was probably watching like <laughs> like so you did, yeah, like in January. No, just go to Under the Kids section. Oh, all of them. Yeah, it's still like I was watching oh, like my- Mighty Morphin. Not them Johns. I was watching. Them.
1: Okay, are you sure it's just like Mighty Morphin, and not like the new Johns? I'm talking about. Like-
0: um, I know it's the old school ones. It was the old school ones for sure because I remember I was watching. I specifically wanted to see the episodes when um when Tommy first got his green powers and yeah. he was beating them by himself for like four
1: episodes. Yeah, that was yeah. I was in a yeah. I was in a Blair group last night and uh, that actually became like a hot topic because a guy actually uh, brought up facts in yeah. like you know comic book scans about like okay. Technically, Jason. Okay, technically, Jason always got the better of Tommy. Tommy was just more. Tommy just had more amped up powers than him. So I'm like, oh. Okay. Mm, but it's like, but it's like I'm just reading this. I'm like, then I have to check like Google to like fact check. I'm like, okay, this all checks out. I don't think so, cause, cause oh well, that was that one time.
0: I forgot. We'll talk about it at the yeah. end. But yeah, we got a uh, Kai Car- Carlin calling, in pretty soon talk about Philadelphia 76ers. Um, what's the tagline?s My brother.
1: All right, you're listening to 98.5 WJY. I'm running back sports show, sports for the culture. If you want to call in uh, after this call, <laughs> yeah, uh, you want to get that call number, Mark? Of course, two one five seven six three nine five nine six. Absolutely, man. If you want to talk NFL draft, if you want to talk about NBA, if you even want to talk about Power Rangers, yes, we here. It's more phenomenal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, Appar- uh, apparently, I was told that's how I was uh, learned how to tell time. Yeah, as a kid, because I knew what time Power Rangers came on. Yeah. I guess. I, I made sense to me like oh this is how everything else works yeah so <laughs> all right well hey that's how I knew how to tell time I think it came on at four or five when I was yeah a young bull so yeah. definitely definitely good times yeah good
1: times absolutely I still think the uh, in space toys was probably the best uh, t- uh you know action figures it was fire yeah ninety eight point five WJYN running back sports, sports. hey guys it's Kai hey Yo. Kai what's going on man what's up Kai what's up guys. Mm-hmm. all right man so um listen guy i'm glad you're here because we got a lot to talk about man <laughs> so with um obviously with their last night's win against the uh the bulls the bulls the chicago bulls uh doc rivers actually said that he wouldn't um shy away from having an all bench lineup in the uh postseason so uh, what you, what, you, what were your thoughts on that
6: the all bench lineup i feel like a lot of people are just kind of like you know, freaking out about because he's used it so much. Uh, I don't think he's going to use an all bench lineup in the postseason, which is why like I feel like a lot of people are just kind of focused on him and how he's going to use his lineups in the postseason. I don't think we're going to get an all bench lineup in the playoffs. So like uh, I, I've kind of learned this about Doc. He'll say one thing to the media, but he doesn't really mean it. So I don't think he's going to be using all bench lineups in the postseason. Mm.
0: Yo, Kai, what up? Mark here. Question, question. So, as of right now, like, watching that game last night, I felt like Joel was just kind of just going through the notions, just just trying to get it over with, as I recognize that the season's over next week. Do you kind of sense that as well, or maybe he's dealing with a lingering injury?
6: Joel actually admitted it last night. He's going through the motions. Yeah. I, I feel like he kind of realizes the MVP award is kind of out of his reach now. He's missed too many games. Uh, Nikola Jokic is just really taking over the the conversation out there in Denver. And I feel like Joel is just kind of realizing that it's more important to be ready for the playoffs rather than push yourself to try to rally and win the MVP award late. So Joel admitted to it last night. He's going through the motions. He kind of just wants to make sure he's all healthy and ready to go for the playoffs, which, I mean, hey, they begin in about two weeks, uh, uh, May 22nd, a little over two weeks so he's kind of just going out there making sure that he's healthy and not really kind of like not really kind of giving himself or pushing himself too much and just kind of making sure he's ready for the postseason that's really pretty much all it is at this point but these these, these last seven games coming up is really all about getting ready, getting ready for the playoffs and, and for the Sixers' sake hoping they can nail down the number one seed mm-hmm.
1: yo kai uh, chris so um Obviously, you you actually brought up a good point about, like, you know, Doc says one thing, but it's like, don't take it for a grain of salt. You know, a few weeks ago, he also said about, you know, he wants to see, you know, Tyrese Maxey also probably like in, you know, a few minutes in the playoffs as well. So is that something we should also take with a grain of salt or that's something that you think Doc is probably considering?
6: Uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you guys. Like I can barely hear you. Okay.
1: All right. Can you hear me now?
6: Yeah, that's a little bit better. Okay. Can you just repeat I wasn't able to really hear it. That okay,
1: oh, sorry about that. So um, you talked about, you know, taking Doc's uh, words for like a grand assault, but a, a few weeks ago he said about he wants to see Tyrese Maxey uh, get a few minutes, um, or you know, a few spurts in the playoffs. So is that something we should also take with a of salt, or is that something that he's actually considering?
6: I feel, I feel like with Maxey it's one, it's one of those things to where you um he'll play in, in matchups. Like if a, if a specific matchup like kind of calls for Tyrese and kind of calls for a guy who or or like him that calls for the need for a guy who can get the basket, shifty. Uh, they they need a spark. They need some type of you know points. Then I then I do believe Tyrese will get some minutes, uh, especially because of the way Shake has is kind of Shake has been a little shaky kind of down the stretch of this season lately. Uh, mm-hmm. There have been there have been nights when Shake looks really great, but then there are other nights where Shake just looks absolutely you know he looks a little lost out there so I think they're going to be nice that if Shake's not playing well and the team does need a little bit of a spark and sure Doc will kind of turn to Tyrese and, and be like hey man you know go out there and, and you know just score because that's really all Tyrese thinks about he's on the floor anyway he's looking for his own shot um, so I feel like I feel like in, in that situation he'll be able to get the minutes if, if, if the time calls for it I don't believe he's going to get consistent minutes Especially with George Hill here, Shake, and uh, the rest of those guys, get, get, you know, playing his position, I don't, I don't feel like he's going to get like a consistent rotation, and it's going to be a lot of uh, the situational purposes.
0: Yeah, um, Kai Mark again. So, question. So, I've noticed like the past couple seasons, right, when it came down to the playoffs. The ball was out of Ben's hand. You know, we had that one year when Jimmy Butler became the primary ball handler. Um, There was another year when T.J. McConnell became the primary ball handler. Do you see something similar possibly happening like this during the playoffs, especially with Ben only putting up 14.5 points per game during the season?
6: That's a good question. Uh, I'm not really sure because I mean you mentioned it, Jimmy Butler in 2019, uh, TJ McConnell in 2018. Obviously, Ben didn't play in the 2020 playoffs because he was hurt, so we didn't we didn't see get a chance to see if, if Brett would do that. But I mean, even if Ben played, I think the ball would have been a Shake Milton hands uh, because of, of the of the uh, the lineup change. So, I mean, it's definitely a, a real question. I know Doc trusts Ben. So I feel like, you know, Ben's definitely going to be the guy who's going to initiate the offense and things like that. But I do believe that there will be some, some lineups where George Hill will actually be out there and Hill will be handling the ball. Um, and maybe moving Ben over to the four. You kind of saw a little bit of it last night in Chicago. Uh, it wasn't necessarily with George Hill. It was actually with Danny Green. Uh, there, were, there were a couple of plays. I think Green was in the corner. And Ben would come and set a screen. It would be a pick and roll and uh, Ben was able to finish at the basket because, you know, he's able to get to the basket. And Green was able, and Green did a really good job. An underrated part of it was Green being able to accurately throw those passes and making sure Ben is open in those situations. But I feel like we're going to see a little bit of uh, Ben at the four come playoff time. Um, I do believe that, you know, Doc understands that Ben is much better when he is closer to the basket. And I feel like everybody kind of realizes that, you know, he's not going to shoot. It is what it is. Yeah. So you guy got to get him closer to the basket. So I do believe we'll see a little bit of that. Like maybe we'll see a little George Hill. Maybe we'll see Seth Curry handle the ball in stretches, not for, not for a whole game. But you'll see Seth Curry kind of handle the ball a little bit in stretches as well. I, I believe we'll see a little bit.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of Seth Curry, Seth Curry is – it kind of looks like he's finally getting back in rhythm and just in time for the playoffs. So how big has um, been Seth Curry's performances over this five-game win streak, especially with him the other night in San Antonio shooting six for six from three?
6: Seth Curry's been huge. Uh, I, I believe Seth is going to be uh, hes going to be an X-factor. He's going to be like the X-factor come playoff time. And, and you mentioned that he's kind of rounding himself back in the form. He's shooting 59.5% from three-point range over the mm-hmm. last eight games. So if you're going to get that out of Seth going into, this, uh, going into the playoffs, that's a huge difference maker because now when he's knocking down shots, that makes the offense flow a little bit better, allows Ben and Joel the space they need. And Seth already gets enough attention as it is because of how great of a three-point shooter he is. You know, he's known for it throughout his career and, you know, in his history. But if, if they can get Seth to be able to, you know, could carry this rhythm and carry it into the postseason, my God, that would just that, that that that's huge. And it's going to be really, really important for them in half court offense come playoff time for Seth Curry to be able to knock down those shots because it, it's it's a difference maker. I believe off the top of my head they're like twenty two and one when mm-hmm. Seth shoots over fifty percent from the floor, fifty uh, percent from deep I should say. Just he's he's some, he's a really terrific shooter and when he's in that rhythm in that in that uh, in that groove it's tough to stop.
0: Mm-hmm. nice yo kai mark again so as of as of right now right if we're going by the old playoff format it looks like the sixers would hold on they would lock up the number one seed and they will play the charlotte hornets in the first round how do you think they'd fare against the hornets you think like a, a sweep gentlemen sweep where are you at with it
6: they sweep charlotte um just i mean it, like it, it is what it is uh i Lamelo Ball would definitely come up with a couple of highlight passes because, like that, that, that's just how good Lamelo Ball is. Mm -hmm. But no, they wouldn't be a match for Philadelphia because it's it's like, who the hell is guarding Joel? uh, You know, across that playoff series, Joel would have his way with everybody.
1: So, uh, if
6: if it's Charlotte, which, like you said, if this is the old playoff format, it would playoff format, it would be. I, I don't. Charlotte doesn't stand a chance.
1: Nah, no way. So, um. Kai Chris again. Um, so the last two games, um, even though Ben Simmons isn't showing up, like obviously, like in the points column, um, his defense, particularly, like in the last, um, you know, the critical junctures um, in the fourth quarter, has been huge. He took those um, big charges, and uh, you know, the Spurs game, he got the late steal against Chicago, and you know, that tipped into a uh, win against the Spurs. So, how important is uh, Ben's defense, especially like in the last two minutes of the game? And hey, you
6: know what? That's honestly the most, one of the more that's why Ben Simmons is so frustrating because you just brought up his defense and how important he is on the defensive head. And, I, and like Ben Simmons to me should be on his way to winning defensive player of the year this year just because of the, the guys that he locks up and the plays that he continues to make. But it's just like if this dude would just score and get aggressive around the basket, he would just be one of the elite players in the game. And, and I think that that's the most frustrating part because he's already elite on the defensive end. And he already does an amazing job of creating open looks for his teammates. But if he would just be a little more aggressive in his scoring, then, my God, you know, Ben Simmons would just be absolutely incredible. Um, but now, now to answer your question, though, when it comes to the defense at the end of the day, come playoff time, when they have to take on, like, you know, I, I guess, let's just advance to round two, I believe, under the, the you know the current playoff format, I believe New York and Atlanta are the four or five seeds. Yeah. Let's say they move on to round two, and let's, just, let's play hypotheticals here. And they got to play New York. I mean, you can throw Ben Simmons on Julius Randle. You can throw him on R.J. Barrett. You can throw him on uh, Derek Rose, even. And Ben will be able to lock, to lock those guys up. And that's going to be essential come playoff time. Uh, then you advance to round three, and you got to play either, you know, bro- probably Brooklyn, and you got to throw him on a guy like Kevin Durant or James Harden. Simmons does a terrific job historically against those guys. So it's going to be, you know, absolutely imperative that he is at absolute best come playoff time. Like they are going to need him on the defensive end to make game to make big changes for them and to get huge stops for them down the stretch.
0: Yeah. yeah. Kai, I, I agree with you for sure. The, the one thing, though, that's a bit of a concern for me because as of right now, it looks like the the uh, Sixers, they have a very – if if all plays out well, okay, they, they have a, a kind of easy path getting to the NBA Finals. My only concern is, like, I know what Ben is going to do defensively. I know that, what he's going to do night in and night out. But if you look at the lineup – where are all of our points going to come from outside of joel and tobias that's the thing that still drives me insane like it's we still have to pray and hope that danny green and seth curry can be consistent and make shots
6: honestly you're absolutely right and that is why i don't think philly could keep up with a brooklyn across a seven game series why i don't think they could keep up with a milwaukee you know across a seven game series um I've always said I don't like the Bucs come playoff time. I'm not really a big Bucks believer. I don't like Mike Budenholzer as a coach. But if you're talking matching up between Milwaukee and Philadelphia, um, the Bucks are a matchup problem for them. Uh, Sixers don't have anybody to guard Giannis, and that includes Ben. Giannis destroys Ben every time they match up. It, yeah. would, it uh, would have to
0: be Joel Brooke, to guard, Brooke, guard Giannis. Brooke
6: Lopez is a guy who, obviously, Joel is leaps and bounds better than Brooke Lopez. But what Lopez does you know, on the offensive end, you can shoot it from deep, and he's got range. That drags Joel out of the paint. And Giannis gets to the basket with ease. And then there's Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, good players who play their role. PJ so if it comes down to the Sixers Bucks, and I mean, the Bucks, is, you know, they always present a matchup problem either way. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, the, as you mentioned, outside of Joel and Tobias, you don't know if Steph Curry's going to continue to shoot the ball the way he has been lately, especially how he's still dealing with nagging injuries. He's still really trying to recover from COVID back in January. Uh, he even admitted it, that he is a little bit out of shape and he's trying to do a bunch of cardio work to make sure he is back in shape for the postseason. And then you also mentioned Danny Green, who has been absolutely terrific since the All-Star break. If we're going to be honest, you look at Danny Green's shooting numbers, he's been great mm-hmm. since the All-Star break. But is he going to be able to knock down clutch shots um, in the Eastern Conference Finals or the playoffs against either Brooklyn, Milwaukee, whoever it may be? Uh, so it's going to be definitely going to be a little concerning. You know, for for Sixers fans going into this postseason, just really relying on just Joe well and Tobias, because you know Ben's not going to score twenty a
1: night. No. Hmm. Yeah, bearing unforeseen circumstances. So, uh, Kai, one last question before we let you go. So, the one of the bigger you know topics and debates that we have, you know, that we that we had on the show a few weeks ago, is that if we do make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and Brooklyn, is the opponent. And if you're Doc Rivers, who would you assign Ben Simmons on as the primary defender? Would you have him assigned on Kevin Durant, or would you have him assigned on James Harden, who is the essentially the point guard for that team?
6: Uh, I feel I feel like if if you're playing Brooklyn, uh, I feel like at some point I feel like you you'd have to put Ben on Harden, and then you'd have to put Tobias on Durant, and uh, I guess Danny Green would probably guard Kyrie. <laughs> you, you know, it, it just like. Danny Green is a solid defender. It's not like Danny Green is some scrub of a defender. But, you know, this is Kyrie Irving we're talking about. You know, Kyrie Irving will, will chew anybody up and spit them out and make it look so easy. Um, so, it, it, and this is my concern with whenever they play Brooklyn. Like, sure, Ben is going to lock up or at least blow down whoever he guards between those three guys. But then who's guarding the other two? You know what I'm saying? It's like you, like, you can't stop all three guys. With just one person. And then, of course, there's Matisse Thybul. You know, you could always just bring Thybul in there, but, you know, Ky- Kyrie, you know, he's, he's in the middle of Ramadan and he's still messing. He still destroyed uh, Thibault the last time they matched up here in Philly <laughs> in, in April.
0: My man so, not even drinking no water.
6: Yeah, the man didn't have any water. And <laughs> Kyrie still killed him. Right. He had 10 points on five for six shooting when defended by Thybul, according to NBA.com's player tracker. So, I, I mean, just Ky- Kyrie's different. Um, and then Durant's different. And, and like here's the thing, you're not going to slow down Durant, Harden, or Irving. You're, you're, or excuse me, you're not going to stop either. You're not going to stop those guys. Your only hope is to try to slow them down as much as possible. And just I don't see how the Sixers do it across a seven-game series come Eastern Conference Finals, especially with, as Mark kind of alluded to earlier, your only really real, reliable scoring options are Joel and Tobias and then you know, you're you're going to have to hope that Steph and Danny continue to knock down their threes, and then off the bench, you have to hope that Shake Milton, you know, that Shake has a really good night um, because him and Furkan Korkmaz are the two guys you're going to rely on offensively off the bench. But on the other end, if you if if you got if you got put Korkmaz even on Joe Harris, you know, Joe Harris will ruin his day because Joe Harris is a, is a bucket from deep, so. I, I, I just I, I don't know how Sixers get past the Nets. I don't think it's possible.
0: Yeah, it's 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 difficult. You know, we we talk about this all the time off air and everything. So it's definitely difficult. But uh, Kai, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Where can the people find you?
4: Uh, you can
6: always follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, Kai underscore Carlin, and then you can always check out SixersWire dot com for all your latest Sixers news and updates. And also make sure you check out the Bell Ringer podcast over on Apple and Spotify. Appreciate you. You got it. Peace. Peace. I appreciate you guys for having me on, guys. I will talk to you later. All no right. problem,
1: man. And once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJYM, running back sports show, sports for the culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Want to call in and
1: give that call in a remark?
0: Of course, two one five seven six three nine five nine
1: six. Listen, man, talk about NFL, NBA, NFL draft. Yeah. You know, man, you want to talk about that new J Cole album coming out oh, on yeah. May fourteenth? yeah,
0: that is coming out finally, man. You but you see how it all works, though. Yeah. How how his whole setup is like it was, What was his first one? Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Then the uh, second one was about the sideline story. I'm missing one, and then the new one, the off season. I'm I'm definitely yeah. missing one, but yeah, no J Cole dropping that. I'm glad. I've, I've been needing some new music, new quality music. Like I hope it's quality. Like you know, it's cool listening to little baby and whatnot. Like you know, I like I pull up. right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm cool, but you know what? I I think I need some I need some like quality music like for the soul, get me thinking. I want to hear some storytelling.
1: Duh, where is Kendrick, man? What, where is Kendrick? Duh, Kendrick just like it's like the avatar just disappeared when we needed him the most. Yeah, I
0: I don't know where he's been, I, but I mean he had um he had the damn album.
1: That was four years ago, man.
0: That's still one of my favorites. Actually, and, like, no, like,
1: I enjoyed it. Everybody made fun of the cover. I did too. What was wrong with the cover? No, like it was just it was just plain. <laughs> it was just. Like, I mean, yeah, he just had a white tee on a brick wall. Yeah, so I was like, and damn. Red right
0: letters that said "Damn." I'm like, damn. You would have thought the budget was low. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that was. I actually was listening to um, what was it? Uh, Duckworth the yeah. other day. Like, I I still listen to Damn like on the regular. What's your favorite song from that album? Uh, man, it's either uh Duckworth. That's one of my favorites. Uh, Fear. I love Fear. I definitely love Fear. Um, hmm. Let me pull up the track list real quick because Duckworth was definitely one of my favorite Johns for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Fear, like, I listened to those Johns on the regular, like, definitely on a, re- on a regular. Let Are me you going to listen
1: to on the car ride home? Oh,
0: of course. All right. So, Element definitely was one of my Johns. Um, Fear, yes. Um,. Of course, humble. Yeah, humble was good. Loyalty. You know, we got a Rihanna. We got a Rihanna sighting. Mm-hmm. To be honest, though, I I um I like it all. Yeah. I like it all. But Fear is probably the one that I listen to the most, mainly because of that storytelling aspect. Yeah, you know, he starts out, you know, talking about as a kid. You know, the things that he feared. He talks about the things that he feared as a teenager. Then he talks about, you know, the things that he feared as being in the in the industry. You know so that that's one of the reasons i like that because it has a story behind it
1: yeah my favorite track from the album is probably love
0: yeah of course yeah yeah which one is that um give me a for your yeah money. that <laughs> lovely feel lovely yeah okay i want to be with you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yes yes you don't know love oh yeah i forgot about love yeah love was a good one yeah
1: to me that's probably the best track on my opinion that's the best track on the album
0: yeah, no, Love is definitely yeah. good um, I also like
1: Triple X like The YouTube feature also
0: I, I don't even remember How that went I honestly don't remember how. To, I know I listened to it I just don't I don't really know I don't remember How that went But Cause this I remember this so This album The reason I like it so much Is because one time I went on a flight mm-hmm. Right And I forgot to download My music And this was the only thing Downloaded to my phone
1: that this, this album
0: yes it was the only thing downloaded to my phone Damn. so i had it on repeat <laughs> on like a five hour flight so i i know pretty much like all of these songs that's why i'm like if you if i hear it then i'll know exactly like which song it is and like how it goes or maybe this was one i skipped but i highly doubt i skipped any of it oh yeah 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 i, yeah. I think i'm I, yeah sometimes i skip this one not yeah. gonna lie but then sometimes i let it spin it all just yeah. depends on how i'm feeling
1: yeah. Ain't no black power when you get killed by a coward.
0: Yeah, exactly. This song, but yeah, no, that's probably, to me, between that album and Good Kid Mad City, those are probably, like, if I was to rank them, those are like probably like my favorite, too. I do love To Pimp a Butterfly as well, but like that... I mean mean, all them I mean honestly
1: I get a lot of Criticism when I say Good Kid Mad City Is better than To Pimp a Butterfly
0: I mean I don't know Why you would get Criticism Good Kid Mad City Is it Yeah One thing I will say Though To Pimp a Butterfly Was way before It's time Yeah
1: absolutely Like
0: cause if you re like When I re-listened To Pimp a Butterfly Like a year ago Today Like when we were In the middle Like in the trenches Protesting and this That and the third In the middle of the Pandemic That that album was really relatable. I'm like, wow, like still like super, super relatable, mm-hmm. especially with everybody, you know, at the moment being pro-black and you know supporting a bunch of black businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Like this, this is what Kendrick was rapping about in 2015, 16 when this album dropped. So that, that definitely aged really well. Mm-hmm. But um, back to the J Cole, though, I'm very excited to have J Cole bring some heat out, cause it, it's been way too long. I just wonder what type of approach he's gonna have with it, like. Is it gonna be like typical J Cole, or is it gonna be like J Cole rapping on like new Southern beats? Okay.
1: That when he me-
0: can, that he eats up. Don't get me wrong, he eats him up.
1: Okay. I need to know like what exactly you mean about like it's gonna be typical J Cole,
0: like storytelling J Cole type beats. You know when you hear a J Cole type yeah. beat, like that's what I'm saying. That's why, like, that's why I said typical J Cole, or is it J Cole rapping on newish style beats that all the young kids are rapping on today? So that's why I'm, that's what I'm interested to see. Okay. Yeah. But either way, like I said, he 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 still eats it up. Yeah. Like even even with his feature with the uh, Twenty One Savage a lot. Yeah. That's a typical down south type beat. Yeah. You know what I mean, but it it needed J Cole especially with the sample that it had. Like it, it no one else no one else could be on that track but J Cole. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see what he's about to
1: do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Off no. season right on time. Honestly i'm probably gonna listen to this album once and depending on how i feel about the album i'm like okay this is good you
0: can't but you can't give albums one listen and be like this is it like you you can't you can you're not doing it justice bro all right so either you listen to it right and it catch you then you continue to listen to it no
1: that's my thing like it It it, gotta catch you it has to catch me okay fair fair like i'm the same way then in that case like my thing is is that not really that big of a j cole fan i will admit one of the best storytellers lyricists I agree. like this gen, this gen has had and especially this generation like it needs variety so it's like yeah. well, obviously you know we got your mainstream guys but also we need guys who like are grounded like yeah but, i agree yeah so it's like when i listen to kod i'm like yeah this is cool but it's like okay this is it
0: nah kod was cool yeah you K- like kod
1: i thought it was okay
0: just okay yeah wow Wow, you got to wow, you set the bar kind of high. I thought KOD was good. One of his better Jones. Like for me KOD is up there to me, me personally. KOD is like right after 2014 Four Sale drives. That's where I'm at with KOD, but some people can debate and say hey, Born Center, you know, is up there, but yeah. hey, nah, KOD is up there for me. Yeah. So that that's 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 where I that's where I'm at with it.
1: Honestly, I like the mix taste better than probably this new stuff anyway. That's
0: hey, that's that's fair. Yeah. That's that's completely fair. Um, I just wanted to get back onto the Sixers for a second. Yeah, go ago. ahead. So as of right now, they're uh forty four and twenty one. They're first in the Eastern Conference, which is fantastic. We need for them to keep that number one seed.
1: Yeah. And, like, and even if we tie, we got the tiebreaker over them.
0: Okay, that's even better. And listen, so here's our schedule to close it out. So the schedule is essentially over. What next Saturday? Yeah. All right, so we got – it's so easy, by the way. So there's there's no reason why we should blow this and not have the number one seed. So we got the Pelican, we got Houston tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got the Pelicans. We got the Pistons, the Pacers, the Heat, and then we close out it with two games against the Magic. Like that – so we got one, we Play two, the Heat again? Yeah, we do. In Miami? Yeah. So we got one, two – yo, we got one, two – Three,
1: seven games left, right?
0: Yeah, and in th- freaking like seven, like five out, five out of the seven are against non-playoff teams. Yeah. So there should be no reason why they don't finish with the number one. The team.
1: only, the only one I'm really, you know, right, don't I'll,
0: say Miami. Why? No, why?
1: it has no, it has to be Miami because Miami's still in that, you know, that thick of things. So it's like, all right, listen, we're the number six seed. So if we drop the number seven, we're in the play-in. Right. So, obviously, you know, getting that number six seed is down to magic number as opposed to you know, as long as we're in, we're in.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're right about that. You, you're definitely, you're definitely right about that. Like, they, cause they um, they are currently a half a game behind Atlanta, so I mean, it, it could mean something for them. Yeah. But then it's also like, all right, well, if they start messing around dropping games, now Boston takes that six seed. Yeah. I'm still not concerned. I, 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 I'm, I'm still not concerned about Miami at all.
1: Listen, because I don't know after last year, like watching them, you know, go to South Beach and you know us getting handled by them. Well, we didn't have anybody. Yeah, we well, just had Joel. Well, listen, here's the thing: like, and they
0: shot our lights out, and you know, Brett Brown doesn't adjust to anything.
1: Yeah, but even still, so then you still got Bam Adebayo, who's probably going to be on the defensive all team. He sh- well, he should be on the defensive all team um you know obviously jimmy's not gonna take not not gonna take any crap but in the end it's like that's probably it it's like tyler harrell has been terrible this year and duncan robinson has a, has been a disappointment yeah i mean they definitely I, I feel like they came down to life yeah listen in the, in the end listen it's 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 still the heat and it's still a real game it's like a, a a game that we have no business losing is always is is probably is on that list and Miami's definitely that game we have no business losing to
0: yeah but it would but the, the funny thing is it'd probably be like the game against like the Pistons that we lose yeah <laughs> like for real for real oh yeah absolutely Sadiq Bey drops 40 right you know what I'm saying like we would actually like I feel like we owe we owe the Pelicans some revenge from yeah. last time so so we should spank them yeah absolutely
1: yeah. you know Zion Williamson is not 97% of his um points in the paint I believe it yeah 98.5 WJYM, Running Back Sports. Hello? Hey. Oh, hey, um, Alex? Yes, this is me. Oh, hey, hey, Alex, how's it going? Um, well, uh, welcome to the Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. Um, Alex, can you uh, give a little uh, you know, brief introduction about who you are and uh, what do you do?
5: Yeah, like you said, Alex Gilstrap. I write for NFL Draft Bible, who does all NFL Draft content for Sports Illustrated. Um, you can find me via podcast uh, at the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast with Ryan Roberts and Joe DeLeon. We do uh, two two episodes a week, usually one informative um, show where we talk about some of the some of the prospects. We kind of break down what's going on. Obviously, right now with the NFL draft just happening, we have a lot of topics to cover. And then we also come out with an interview. Um, you know uh, the the second show of the week. You know we've had guys like Greg Russo, Patrick Sertan, some mm. of these top guys you you heard their name called Thursday night in the first round. So you can check us out there, and you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Gilstrap.
1: Yeah. So Alex, like I've like this year is probably the first time I've been a part of like NFL Draft Twitter, like like full full battalion, because I was down at the Senior Bowl. You know, I got an opportunity to interview Brian Flores. So my thing is is that. One thing I'm always interested about, you know, you guys when regards to the NFL draft is like, where do you guys like start? Like, like after the draft is over, like you guys are already like 2022 draft mode. So it's like, where does that process for you guys begin? Like, where do you guys like look to and like.
5: Yeah, no, you know, I usually take about three or four weeks, let the, let the 20, you know, the current draft kind of digest a little bit before, um, you know, I get myself into the next year. But yeah, once, uh, once, um, once May hit, or excuse me, once June hits, I get the I hit the ball ro- rolling, and I start, you know, throughout watching film of these 2021 guys. I've had guys whose names circled uh, in the 2022 class, so I'll go back watch some watch some games of them, uh, you know, in our in our film database that we have. And then, of course, you just kind of know of guys guys like Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma uh, and Sam Howell out of North Carolina, talking about a couple of the quarterbacks that are going to be pushing for that number one overall pick, uh, you know, this time next year. You know, so there's different ways you can figure out who to watch. Um, Some people put out databases that can give you like a nice um, idea of who who, who to watch there and give you some, you know, perspective rankings. But, you know, me, Ryan, you know, some of the guys that I work alongside with, we usually, you know, contribute to this big database that really just has a a lot of different moving pieces, and you know, you you have all the names in front of you. Some testing numbers from their junior pro days, or or you know, their their underclassmen pro days, high school numbers, and you can really get an idea starting from there. And that's why that's why we do it year round. Mm-hmm. Is just because you know there's a lot of names to get through and sift through, and you got to determine if these guys are NFL guys or, or are they just you know were they big recruits that just kind of tailored off after that?
1: Yeah, because like when like before the draft even happened, like I was on Twitter, and next thing you know, I see you know you know guys like you and ryan roberts and a few other people that i met during uh, the senior bowl you know talking about guys like you know sam howell from uh, north carolina even guys like carson strong from nevada i'm like wait hold on you guys are already in draft mode next year i mean the draft hasn't happened yet <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah
5: no that's really that's really how it is you know we we like like I said, we kind of circle these guys' names, and I know Ryan's a big Carson Strong guy to Nevada, and that's the example you use. But that's really how it is for us. And and the big thing with kind of draft media, draft Twitter, is it's such a like it's such a strong arm contest between like who who was big on him first like who was the first guy to to realize like there's there's like big chess battle between (laughs) you know different people within kind of the community i guess of people that kind of follow the draft as closely as we do so you know ryan's calling out his shots early and he he, honestly i I have to give it to him he had a great year this year you know he was big on davin collins um early nick bolton early both were top 50 picks or so so um you know and jc horn he was on the jc horn cornerback one when, when some people didn't even know who jc horn was over the summer so i have to give ryan a lot of props he does a really really good job of getting really in depth and and seeing some of these guys that some people aren't talking about yeah
1: so um in regards to you know the 2021 nfl draft now that's in the rearview mirror um who do you feel like had like the best um drafts um who do you feel like had like some of the worst
5: See, for me, I really love what Chicago did. Um, Chicago obviously started the night uh, in the first round at pick number 20 overall. And we all know Chicago, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, these are not quarterbacks you want moving forward anymore, especially Mm -hmm. in Chicago. The Chicago fans were tired of it. (laughs) So um, they've always had the defense, and I've always kind of been on board of saying they're a quarterback away. They're really a quarterback, you know, competent quarterback – play away from really competing and I mean that's just a testament to them being one of the worst quarterback teams in the NFL but they were picking at pick 20 and that's just a testament to the talent around the quarterback position that they do have so they saw Justin Fields slipping who to me was the second best quarterback in this year's class and I know there's some differing opinions on Justin Fields and his translation to the NFL but I I really like what he brings to the table so to trade up to number 11 as we saw him fall and, and get him and then you know round two comes along and then they see Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, who many believe is a first-round caliber offensive tackle, slipping, um, you know, here into the getting towards the middle of the second round to trade up and select him too. I really do think that they got two values, like two of the best values you can you can have in, in this year's class. So I really commend them for that, and I think they got some good value towards the end of the draft. I like Khalil Herbert, the running back at Virginia Tech, a mm-hmm. lot. You know, I'm not saying he's Le'Veon Bell, but. There's some shades of Le'Veon Bell in his game with his patience, his his vision, and, his, you know, he doesn't wow you athletically, but, you know, he's a good football player. And I know David Montgomery is there right now, and, you know, is one of the better running backs in the NFL. But Khalil Herbert's a great, you know, second second fiddle to that running back core. Um, and I think they, they just did a really good draft from top to bottom, you know, the top, though, to get Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins, two of which I think were – Ball fell way further than they should have, I think it's just really, really impressive for what Chicago can do. And I think they're someone to look out for as a dark horse to compete for the Super Bowl this year.
0: All right. Hey, this is a Mark here. Question. So, you know, we're, we're Chris and I, we're both big Philadelphia Eagles fans. So I just wanted to get your take on how you think the Philadelphia Eagles did during their draft and how you would grade them.
5: No, I, 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 I went on record, uh, you know, on the podcast episode this week you know, we went through some, some different teams' this draft class. And I, I said, the Philadelphia Eagles' draft class is the most boomer bust NFL draft class out of any team. And I know that's kind of scary. But at the same time, you know, these guys, the guy they drafted, Devontae Smith, obviously, you saw what he did in 2020, um, the level of play that he was able to play with. But the size, there is concerns there. And I know some people like to write it off and say, at the end of the day, you know, he's a playmaker and this guy's just a really, really good football player. But. For him to be successful at the NFL level, he would be an outlier. That's just me stating a fact. There's no one that's 6'1", you know, uh, 165 pounds playing weight that has been successful. The closest comp you have to anyone over the last 10 to 15 years is Deshaun Jackson, but Deshaun Jackson's also 5'10", not 6'1", so that's a little bit denser of a frame. And he has four legit four three speed. Devontae Smith doesn't have that. So there are concerns with Devontae Smith, but if he hits, I think that's a great value to get him at ten. If he plays as well as he did in college, and that keeps going, you know, after that. Landon Dickerson, the second round pick, if he's healthy, he might be the best center in this year's class and it might be a you know, a great center option for, for years to come, but he's been in college football for five years and he has yet to play a full season. He's had multiple ACLs. He has injuries every single year. So there's another question mark there. Milton Williams, the third-round pick, and I won't go through every pick, but just to go through the first three, you know, Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson, and then Milton Williams, a defensive tackle from Louisiana Tech. I mean, God, this guy tested like an alien. I mean, he was in the 93rd and higher percentile. For the defensive tackle position since 1981 in just about every single athletic testing measurable, and that's just—I mean—he's just a freak athlete. But he has yet to really put it all together, and that's—you know—though he's a 99th percentile athlete, he fell to the middle of the third round, and that's just a testament to—you know—you got to—you got to you know, it, it, you gotta, you gotta develop him. So, I mean, they have some absolute freaks in those first three rounds, especially, but there are some things to be concerned about. So. For me, if I'm going to if I'm going to give the Eagles a grade, I'm going to give them a hesitant B plus because I like the upside a lot. But we, we could look five years from now and think this is the most disappointing draft class at the same time. So this, like I said, the biggest boomer um, which the Eagles kind of need. So I do like it for them. You know, the Eagles need something to get excited about. Devonte Smith and Landon Dickerson's play style will really do that for you Kenneth Gainwell the running back out of Memphis is just an electrifying running back so I'd give it a b plus but hesitant because we can look back five seven years from now and and change our minds real quick
1: yeah it's very you also see a guy like Landry Dickinson be center at six foot six to 325 pounds that's just immeasurable honestly Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um but, Alex, um, so in regards to, you know, us being Boomer and bustle, um, who do you feel like um kind of disappointed you in the uh, NFL draft?
5: Yeah, there's some different teams that people, you know, a lot of different uh, people are going towards. The Rams kind of had a disappointing draft. But, you know, everyone's talking about those go a, kind of teams. I'm going to go with kind of a different take. And for me, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For a team that's coming off of a Super Bowl win, you know, and having Tom Brady for what looks to be – Two or so more years um, before he probably is likely to call it quits. You really would expect them to, you know, try to push for one, you know, one or two more Super Bowls. Try to push for the Super Bowl, and I, I don't really think they brought anything to the table in this year's draft class that really helps them for the now. You know, Joe Tryon, their first, you know, first round draft pick. I'm not a big fan of. I think that his his career arc, his development arc, is going to take more than a year or two. I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of rawness to his game, and I I didn't really love him as a prospect. And then to turn around and get Kyle Trask in the second round, I mean it's nice to plan for your future. But my philosophy is if you have Tom Brady and you have a Super Bowl winning, contending roster in place, you put pieces around Tom Brady and that team to keep trying to win. This is the same thing that Green Bay Packers to me failed to do last year. Is you have Aaron Rodgers for what looks to like what looks to be just a few more years. So why are you trying to plan for your future? Just try to get the Lombardi Trophy. Why are we Why are we sitting here trying to plan five years down the road when you have a chance to bring home a Lombardi Trophy year in and year out for the next couple of years? I would go all in. I understand it's just it's probably just a difference in you know philosophy and, and team building strategy. But for me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really disappointed me from a from a point of. I think they they could have added pieces that, yes, they didn't lose a single starter, which is super impressive for an offseason coming off the Super Bowl, but you can add rotational pieces that I believe have, you know, better year one production than what they added.
0: Hey, uh, Mark again. Uh, My next question is, who was the biggest stud, like, in the first round for you? Like, someone that's, like, absolutely going to make an immediate impact on their team outside of quarterback?
5: Okay, I like that question. You know, for me, I, I, if you're talking about someone that I think is just going to, you know, outside the quarterback position that I think may just be an impact player year one, it's someone that I wasn't even high on. And for me, it was Quiddy Uh He goes to Indianapolis, the Michigan defensive lineman. I think he's just a versatile freak athlete. Um, and like I said, I wasn't very high on him, but that landing spot is just super exciting. Indianapolis does such a great job. You know, developing young defensive line talent. So to get quitty Pay, someone that has probably every single athletic trait that you want is going to be super exciting. They obviously had to add some pass rush pass rush presence uh, to their defense. So I like quitty Pay. Another one, real quick, um, not to go on too far, is the Green Bay Packers and what they did. A lot of people are questioning the Packers and taking Eric Stokes, the corner out of Georgia, but for me, Eric Stokes is someone that I feel more confident in playing year one in every single coverage scheme that you can play than just about anybody else. And I know that includes J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan. I just think Eric Stokes has the most well-rounded coverage of any of them, you know, whether it's zone, whether it's off-man coverage, press-man coverage, you know, his speed, his length, his instincts, I think, just stand out so much for me. And, you know, you saw Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship get torched through the air, you know, by Tom Brady and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they really needed to, to address the cornerback position. They have Jair Alexander. They have great safeties in place, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. But that second corner was really a weak link for them. And so some people didn't love the pick, but I think it was their biggest position in need. And I think Eric Stokes is someone that's going to play week one and play at a high level compared to some of these other rookies. Hmm.
1: Agreed. Also like uh, Amari Rodgers in the third round as well. Um, they need oh, to love to...
5: Amari Rodgers. I mean, when he, gets the hand, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's practically a running back. I think I think if you're talking fantasy football, Amari, Amari Rodgers is someone I would really look out for because I think obviously Devontae Adams is going to lead the team in receiving. I think Amari Rodgers is going to have a huge impact because he's just going to be a dump-off target for whoever is the quarterback in Green Bay, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or whoever. I think Amari Rodgers is great.
1: Yeah. Also – Another fantasy uh, sleeper is probably DeAndre Swift after they drafted Pinay Sewell, which I, I love the pick uh, for Detroit. Oh, you cut out for a second. Um, no, I was talking about like how much I, I like the Pinay Sewell pick for Detroit and how much it'll help uh, DeAndre Swift's uh, fantasy stock.
5: <laughs> oh, without a doubt. De- Detroit had a good draft. I they love did. what they did. They, they really built from the inside out with. You know the offensive line, defensive line picks early on. Two guys I really like, obviously Penny Sewell. You're right, DeAndre Swift is a dark horse for being a you know one of the one of the are you know top three or five running backs uh, in fantasy football this year. Because you add Penny Sewell, you add an you know a, a trench-ridden head coach and coaching staff, someone that really wants to build the trenches out and really make that offensive line a of strength. I think I think Detroit you know put themselves in a good position, obviously. You know, the change at quarterback, the change at coaching staff, it's always scary, you know, for, for guys moving forward, especially in fantasy football, where you don't know where that production is going to go. But I think DeAndre Swift's going to be a staple in that offense.
1: Yeah. And uh, speaking of Panay so number five, uh, for a number five pick, um, the Bengals went and chose Jamar Chase essentially over Panay I was more on the, on the uh, wagon that they had to get Sewell over Jamar Chase because protecting your quarterback – is, takes priority over a number one receiver. What were your thoughts on uh, Jamar Chase going number five? Yeah,
5: yeah. So you know, it would be one thing, I think, in in my opinion, um, if they they really had a hole at wide receiver. If you if they were looking at you know the Detroit Lions, for instance, you know we just talked about them. They really really had a hole at wide receiver, losing Kenny Galladay and some of the guys they lost there. But I don't think the Bengals' wide receiver core is bad. You have T Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd, you have. Auden Tate, I know you lost A.J. Green, but what has A.J. Green really done for you the last few years with the injuries that he's in? ensued? I really think, you know, at the end of the day, they should have went Penny Sewell. I think Penny Sewell is the better prospect over Jamar Chase. And I think you have to protect Joe Burrow. I know Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to create a dynamic duo, um, you know, on the outside there. You know, you saw what they did in 2019. Obviously, it speaks for itself. But I just think that the difference, the opportunity cost, you know, that's, that's really what it comes down to for me. Would you rather stick with the wide receiver core you had? Or, you know, they could have spent that second-round pick uh, on a wide receiver. That's another option they could have had. They could have taken, you know, a, a Terrace Marshall or, or someone there in that second round and then had Pene Sewell. Or you're sitting here with Jamar Chase, and now who's going to be your left tackle? Who's going to be the blindside protector of Joe Burrow? It's really going to be a question mark. So, I, I'm with you. I think that they should have went uh, Pene Sewell. I think they should have prioritize the offensive line overall more than they did uh, early on in the draft i know they took jackson carmen in the second round the offensive tackle out of clemson but i do not see an impact starter uh, mm-hmm. in jackson carmen i did not like that pick myself so i don't know what the future looks like for as far as the, the offensive line in cincinnati and the protection that joe burrow is going to be able to get
1: yeah um one more one last question before uh, we let you go alex um, so, in regards to the college football season, um, who are some teams that um, is definitely going to be on your radar in terms of scouting this year?
5: In terms of in terms of finding talent, yeah. Oh, you know, obviously, there's there's the obvious ones. There's the Alabamas. There's the Georgias. There's the there's the LSU's of the world. The SEC teams, Ohio State. You know, that's in that tier. But it, it, you know, a, a low key team um, is probably Iowa. I like Iowa um, offensive line. They've hit um, tight end. You've seen multiple really, really good tight ends. George Kittle, Noah Fanton, uh, who came out in the same year. Um, and then even on the defensive side of the ball, they had the corner come out last year. That was the Seattle Seahawks and his name slipped in my mind, but Iowa is a low key. They've, they, they produce a lot of NFL talent for someone that is just kind of an average Power Five football team in my in my uh, in my eyes. I just really like the demeanor of Iowa players. You can see it on film, especially like I said, offensive line, defensive line. Chauncey Golson was a uh, third round pick in this year's draft. I think Iowa produces a lot of good, you know, NFL talent that's ready for the NFL weight room, that's ready for NFL contact.
1: Mm-hmm. What about um, non Power Five schools?
5: Non Power Five. Um, who's a non-Power 5 school that produced a lot of talent? Um, well, this year, we can go past non-Power 5. We can go to SCS. We can go to, you know, the non-North Dakota State. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a program in the nation that has done the transformations that Northern Iowa has been able to do. Um, you know, they had they had two very, very high draft picks mm-hmm. in offensive tackle, Spencer Brown, and defensive end Ellerson Smith this year alone uh, that I'm really, really excited about. So Northern Iowa, you know, you look at the guys that come into their program, they usually get those really, really talented guys that just don't look like college football athletes because they're, they're, they're very youthful in the body. You know, like they just need to get some man weight on them. And that strength, of, that strength and conditioning program at Northern Iowa had done one of the best jobs I think I've ever seen, as far as making guys go from kids to men in in their four years there. So Northern Iowa is probably the one that stands out. I know that's not even Division One. You know that's not even FBS. That's that's Division One SCS. So um, so there that's just a, a dark course there that's kind of off the radar. Yeah. Um,
1: Alex, once again, you know, thank you for you know taking the time to call in the show. You know, give us your thoughts and your insight.
5: Yeah, I, appreci- I appreciate y'all having me. It's, uh, you know, it's always fun to talk this time of year. It's an exciting year. You know, you get to see all your NFL teams uh, kind of turn the page and turn over a new leaf and, and, and try to get better. So it's, it's really a fun time to talk about these guys.
1: Yeah, and can you tell the viewers um, how they can find you and listen to you again?
5: Yeah, once again, you can find me on Twitter at Alex Gilstrap. Um, you can listen to our podcast where we talk about the NFL draft year-round uh on wherever you get your podcast believe in nfl draft prospects podcast again we we usually come out with two episodes a week uh one more informative episode a little bit longer and then and then some interviews and like i said at the top of the show interviewed guys like greg russo patrick sertan jc horn all of which were uh, first round picks so we get a lot of guys that you want to hear from uh on the show so you can you can follow me on twitter like i said and and there's where the podcast that's where you get a lot of my work
1: Excellent. And, and, Alex, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where you rank Chris Olave in terms of 2022 wide receivers. Hello? Hey. Oh, um, no, I'm, I was just making a joke. I said, like, I'm looking forward to seeing where you rank uh, Chris Olave in your 2022 wide receivers. I'm a Buckeye fan. say
5: he'll be near the top. Yeah, I like it. I'm a, I'm a Chris Olave guy.
1: Okay, good. I'm a Buckeyes fan, so... Uh, Keep that in mind. Y'all,
5: y'all got a couple good receivers, so I'm excited to get into that Ohio State film.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Probably the best wide receiver room in the nation.
5: <laughs> I I wouldn't argue with you.
1: All right, all right, Alex. Take care. Take it easy, Alex. Yes,
5: sir. Appreciate y'all.
1: All right, and once again, you're listening to WJYN 98.5 Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. We got about a few minutes left, so if you want to join in the discussion last minute, Mark, you want to get that call number? Of course, two one five
0: seven six three nine five nine six to join the conversation.
1: Absolutely, amen. Pretty good. We got some pretty good callers today.
0: Yeah, man. Definitely. A lot of a lot of information, you know, staying on top of these draft results, seeing who's hot, who's not, yeah. you know, and also who's hot, who's not with the Sixers. Yeah. So man, it, it's man, been
1: good. Man, you got some free fantasy football advice. You're welcome, by the way.
0: Hey, hey, look, listen, listen. You know, I always always got my antennas going. Um, before we go on, I just wanted to give some love, some much-needed love to Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Russell Westbrook has been playing absolutely outstanding. I know coming into the season, I was really high on the Wizards. But uh, now they're finally uh, peeking in about five games below 500. Who knows what they'll do for the remainder of the season. But for the month of April, man, Russell Westbrook, absolutely outstanding. He's got he's putting up 21 points per game, uh, 12 assists per game. 13.3 rebounds per game as a point guard, averaging 1.4 assists. I mean, those guys, they've won their last 8 out of 10. So definitely shouts out to Russell Westbrook for what he's done for that Washington Wizards team. Like, who in their right mind actually thought that it was, a, like, a legit fair trade mm-hmm. trading John Wall for Russell Westbrook? Well, John Wall, he's play basketball anymore. I don't know. I know he shut it down what last month for the yeah, season? Yeah, like a
1: hamstring tweak or something.
0: Yeah. And and it's like you kinda had a feeling like if you if you're getting Russell Westbrook, you're you're gonna get his numbers, whatever, and and, and shouts out to his numbers too, by the way, because I'm so tired of this narrative that the media and, and and I I blame and I I love him to death, but I blame Stephen A for this, man. He's got one of the most powerful voices out there, but just how it's either championship or nothing. Like we we can't take we can't take anything away from Russell Westbrook's greatness. So big shouts out to Russell Westbrook. And then, um, last but not least, definitely big shouts out to my man Mello. becoming tenth in scoring in NBA history. Um, kind of like he said last night, I was unsure that he would get that opportunity when they started blackballing him out of the league for absolutely no reason, creating this false narrative about him because he. Once again, hasn't won any championships, so it, it's it's such a weird, terrible narrative. Um, but speaking of championships, the Lakers, man, they're 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 in trouble. They're in big trouble.
1: Yeah, they anyway. are. And you, what uh, you thinking though? No, I was actually going to ask your opinion. It's like, um, you heard about LeBron's comments about the playing game? Yeah. So I just wanted them to know because like you're more the LeBron fan, so yeah.
0: Just- so I look at it like this: the timing, eh, nah. I don't like it, but I liked, I still like the concept. It's just he's salty at the moment because they're close to possibly having to play a play-in game and not having home-field position throughout the playoffs. Thank so I, I get it. Yeah. So he, he's definitely salty right now, but I still like the concept, and, and it just kind of goes back to the Wizards. Like, the Wizards are now kind of scary. Not that they're going to—we don't know exactly what the Wizards are going to do, but now they're kind of scary because it's like— You mean to tell me, like, the Wizards, all they got to do is win two games back-to-back and they're in? Oh, okay. So, it depends on who they're matching up against. As of right now, it's Boston.
1: So, two games, they're the seed.
0: I think. It's still new. I think. It's like they're going to – or maybe they're going to switch around, you know, based on record between who wins between, you know, Boston and Washington and then Indiana versus – who would Indiana – oh, the Hornets. Yeah. So that it all I, I don't know if they would reshuffle at the end but then say something like that happens where they reshuffle at the end based on record now hypothetically the wizards shock boston they take the eighth spot now we got the wizards first round I mean I'm just throwing it you out still there
1: so then Sixers and 5
0: <laughs> Uh yeah I'm just yeah I'm just still throwing it out yeah. there I I I'd, I'd, I'd no, maybe but, but- I'd maybe go Sixers and 6 if we get the Wizards in the first round Bradley Bill did drop 60 on us earlier in the season, and Russell Westbrook is healthy right now, so I'm giving him two. Yeah, he
1: dropped 60. They still lost.
0: That's true. I'm, I'm giving him two games.
1: I'm giving him one.
0: All right, fair enough. So, gentlemen, I'll le- I'll gentlemen
1: sweep. I've learned my lesson from last year when it comes to these lower teams. See, facing top-tier teams. Oh,
0: for sure. And, then, and it's still the Philadelphia 76ers at the end of the day. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't
1: care who's leading Let's the way. As also, far as also in the end, it's also Thomas Bryant having to guard Joel and B for thirty-five minutes. And
0: you're absolutely right about
1: that. Yeah.
0: And yeah yep, yep, right about that. <laughs> but no, but what do you what do you think about the Lakers though? Like, because I know I know you're you're Suns guy. Yeah. So, so this is great for you. A, a renewed Suns guy. Is it <laughs> is it okay
1: if I yeah, let the audience yeah. know you're a renewed Suns guy? Yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm glad you know. They're they're playing actually winning and competent basketball. It's been right. over a decade. Shouts out to Chris Paul. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah, ever since Amari left, we haven't been worth. The, we haven't been worth a damn. Yeah, you're right. Like you it, right. it's just with Steve Nash from trying to hold that team together with duct tape. So pretty much. And then after that, we had the we had a bunch of first round picks that did nothing. I still Eric remember Blitzo, Brandon Knight, Kendall Marshall. Oh, I forgot about Kendall yeah. Marshall. Jeez. Yeah. He yeah. was tough m- coming out of North Carolina
0: though, Stop. so I get it. No, God. He was he was a great he was a great, you know, setup guy. La, 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 you la, know, la, la, he didn't really la, have la, much la, of
1: la. a jumper, but Kendall Marshall was great. No, Kendall Marshall is as big as I am. No, my bad. Excuse <laughs> me. I'm I'm just look, <laughs> I'm just glad that, you know, Monty Williams, in my opinion, definitely deserves Coach of the Year.
0: I agree, 100%. Yeah. Had that on my predictions before the uh, yeah, season you know, even
1: started. The the, the starting lineup, Chris Paul, has definitely been a welcome contributor. Devin Booker's dropping buckets in meaningful games right now. Yes. Mikel Bridges is definitely becoming one of the better 3 and D defense 3 and D guys. And also, I think, you know, the influence of also having a Jay Crowder also there also helps him Make as him well. a little bit more gritty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we still got some shooters off the bench. You know, Cam Johnson, um, Dario Sarge, and Spurts. Don't forget DeAndre. Yeah. um, No, he's done. Yeah, you know. I still wish that he was a 20-10 and guy. But you know what? In the end, bottom line. They don't even need him to do that right now. Yeah, bottom. Listen, in the end, I told myself, when it comes to winning, bottom line. He's averaging. He's getting 15-10. and Really good face-up game. Improve much. Improve on the defensive side of the floor. Their top ten defense. It could team. probably
0: be next season. Yes. Next season could probably be the twenty and ten. Yeah, for him.
1: Yeah, and probably like the older Chris Paul, the more you probably need contributions from like your younger talent as Chris Paul begins to phase out.
0: But even with his game, though, he we're, we're, what's phasing out? Is he? He's got YMCA old head, old school game. He can play. Listen, until in, he
1: don't want play no listen, more. In the end, this is still Chris Paul. And I'm telling you this right now, those hamstrings are going to give out sooner oh or later. My God. You ain't got it, no you ain't got no faith in the guy. I got no faith in the guy. I got no faith in his hamstrings.
0: <laughs> dang, man. It bro. never fails. Yeah. When the world
1: needed him the most, like, ah, dang, man, I can't go. What do you mean you can't go We're one game away from the NBA finals? Yeah, we man. can beat the Warriors. No. Yeah. He's like, "No, James Harden got it." No, he does not. Nah. PJ Tucker got. No, he does not. Yeah. He missed 27 straight threes. No we do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see. That's yeah, always in real. the end,
1: in the end we'll see.
0: That's the biggest knock on Chris Paul when yeah. it comes down to it. Playoff time is his kind of availability.
1: Yeah, and in the end it's like as much as we like to criticize Russell West as much as everybody likes to criticize Russell West, but he's played in the NBA finals. Mhm. Chris Paul has never been to an NBA Finals, and yet everyone's perfectly fine, not um, putting him perfectly in line with the top five point guards of all time.
0: Oh, wh- whoever doesn't do that is on crack.
1: No, I'm no, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying that him not being on the NBA Finals doesn't knock him oh. off. But oh, being oh off yeah, I, I agree. Westbrook, he can't lead a team. Yeah. But in the end, but thank you for saying that. Um, that LeBron is just In the end, like it affects him now, so that's why he's saying it.
0: Yeah, like but when he was the number one seed last year, he was like, "Oh, it's cute." Yeah. Nah, no. Now that you' about to play a playoff game and you might get out of here, nah, bro. Yeah, no, now you feeling some yeah, type Yeah, you of better love? ice that ankle up.
1: Ice up, son. Yeah. Steve Smith, senior. Yeah. All right, and wow, oh man. Um, we're now over our time. So once again, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. Yes. Yeah, Chris Thomas. Mark Thompson. And until next week, we will see you.
0: Yes, I'm still worldwide. worldwide Mark, by the way. <laughs> Peace. Peace.